0: Hi Tom.
1: Hello, Heron. So I am one hundred percent without <laughs> notes this evening. I'm doing it completely freestyle.
0: Oh, this is gonna be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be better than ever. The best one we've ever done.
1: Exactly. I think we should start with that level of hype and then move from that point <laughs> to
0: completely. Well we don't immediate. actually have to decide this, you know. It'll no. just sort of be what it is, I Exactly. I, guess. I almost cancelled. Oh, are you still feeling unwell or? <laughs> yeah, but, uh-huh. but not, not so bad. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I've been experimenting with my physicality over the past year and I've changed my eating style drastically. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I used to eat just about any goddamn thing under the sun and I never had any problems. But uh-huh. since I've been taking a little more concern about what I, what I put in, now when I stray from that, it seems to mess up my system. Oh, yeah and uh and I have still not gotten back to normal you know my mm. my gastrointestinal system is just not right i don't you know it's just it's just weird, but i mean it's it's something I can deal with so mm. Yeah, I went cold turkey on the
1: Neurotropics. I'm not just taking Alpha Brain. I'm also <clears throat> taking their, uh, what was it, New Mood, and I looked along the side of the Alpha Brain and worked out some of the other stuff that used to be in the previous version, so I've ordered additional tablets and I was taking uh-huh. them all up until the start of this week, and I just <laughs> decided, I've got to go cold turkey and actually see, is there a comparable difference?
0: Yeah, really, you need a baseline <laughs> exactly. to get
1: started. Because I was starting to have strange headaches, and Or a series of curious things And you probably don't notice in my voice Listeners might But as soon as I stopped (coughs) taking it I have this annoying speech impediment now Which I can't get rid of And (laughs) it drove me It's interesting because I associate it with periods of time In my early 20s Just as I was leaving Australia When I interacted with my father And for whatever reason When I would interact with him I would get this speech impediment And what I noticed through the end of the alpha brain period was I'm in a lot more meetings at work. I've got a different set of responsibilities recently. And it means that I'm in constant meetings for, I don't know, five hours in a row and then I'll have half an hour off and then I'm in another two hours of meetings. Really? Wow. Every and day? Not every day, thankfully. Yeah. Oh. I still yeah. I wonder well, then when we...
0: do you get anything done?
1: That's <laughs> exactly the point. In fact it's interesting actually because my productivity is now based on delegation as much as yeah, it is on sure. actual work. Yeah,
0: that's true. Right. Anyway,
1: yeah. Through this period, I received an, on the day that I stopped alf- taking Alpha Brain and all this other stuff, I received an email from my father, and it was through one of these long meeting periods that I quickly checked email, saw the email from my father, where he indicated that he was coming to the area that I live in October this year yeah. for possibly two weeks. And that also hit me at the point where the speech impediment started again. (laughs) So I don't know whether it's alpha (laughs) brain, whether it's this new working environment, whether it's a series of factors. Or all of it. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's no way to know, of course.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, however, I had completed, I think I had, I had done the Conscious in the Cloud talk before this thing came up. Yeah. Thankfully.
0: (sighs) Well, this is all new territory. Really, I mean, Mm. trying to be conscious... (laughs) <laughs> of, of, you know, is not something that humans have really been prepared for. Mm. That's not been our primary well, objective. Of course, we've had survival <laughs> on our
1: minds. I mean, yeah, yeah, the existence yeah. we live currently is actually an extreme
0: luxury compared oh, to... It, yeah, it's a new you know, well, it's yeah. a new way of being in the world. Yeah. I and mean, we really haven't even come close to coping with it yet. Certainly. We're still, you know, living on the savanna, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picking fleas off each other. Yeah, and trying to figure this out, you know, how, you know, yeah, is just uh, something humans never had to cope with before. They were too busy trying not to be eaten. Mm,
1: Yeah, (laughs) and trying to make sure that their children would survive long enough until they died, you know, all these (laughs) kind of basic problems.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's our our position, our confusion is somewhat understandable, I guess. Mm. Gives you a little sympathy for others' problems and, and even your own, you know. Yes. Of course we're fucked up. <laughs> yes. So do you have any topics you want to float this evening? Well, just one. I listened to the mm-hmm. Reese Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, thing. You know, and he there was a line he just sort of threw away in the middle of a list of other things that caught my mm-hmm. ear. I'm just curious. You've apparently spent some time talking with him before. so Well, Reese Jones is also a listener. Ah, okay. So you're yeah, talking to Rich yeah, Jones yeah. as you say this. Okay, well no, it's just uh, he as a sort of throwaway. His line was what was it? Here, I wrote it down. Oh yeah, about Earth waking up. Yes. And I haven't heard too many people Express it that way, hmm. you know. And isn't I was just curious, part of Gaia, though. I mean, isn't that just a, well? Like a the idea, associated with Gaia. It, well, I have people say all sorts. of Most people don't think very deeply about this stuff. So uh, I've heard lots of shit about Gaia and all this stuff. But the idea <laughs> that Earth itself might become, or is, or bordering on becoming an actual conscious entity yeah. in the universe is uh, something that I've been thinking about for quite some time, and thinking. It's actually a pretty reasonable assumption. Certainly. Uh, but I just haven't heard many people talk about it. And I'm wondering if that's in fact what he's uh, – if that's a big part of what he thinks about or uh, or if that was just a passing throwaway or how he actually meant that. But obviously, you're not the person to ask. No, no,
1: no. no let me talk
0: about this because I, I have some insight
1: in this. Uh, And I wanted to talk quite a bit about the whole Conscious in the Cloud experience this time, because it actually heavily reinforced that I was doing something right. And after the previous one, I wasn't really sure if I was doing something right. But I'm now very mindful that this thing needs to continue. And thankfully, my employer, Netflix, is being very sympathetic to this thing continuing because they see whatever waves of interest, you know, coming through it as well. Yeah, cool. So, Reese and I and a fellow by the name of, I think, Jonathan Adams met for dinner prior to the talk. And that gave us an opportunity. And I asked him at the end of the dinner if he listened to Stone Ape. And he said he did. I said, oh, that's very interesting.
0: How did he find out about that? Uh, My
1: sense is I probably occasionally post updates associated oh, and, with this. Oh, and
0: he got it through Facebook.
1: He might oh, have gotten it through Facebook. He might have gotten it through my Noble 8 page. There are a variety of ways <laughs> yeah. that people can stumble across anyway, this Anyway, he ended thing. up there. And, and, he, yeah.
0: and how long has he been listening?
1: I don't know. He said he'd listen to, I think, three or so shows. He, he, he asked a number of quite detailed questions about the format. Which yeah. I thought was really very interesting. Really, yeah, let me hear I can't So he assumed that you and I recorded together, like physically in the same space. He assumed that you and I knew each other for a long period of time. He obviously through us recording in the same space, he assumed that you and I had met.
0: And- <laughs> <laughs> it was really a very interesting it's just set full of, assumptions. of assumptions. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, yeah, 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 that's interesting, especially given. Yeah. Uh, and era. I don't know how far
1: back i <laughs> listened to this thing. I mean, this is the interesting thing yeah. about this format was that he. So there were various points where. And the thing is that he and I were facing each other. I was doing the. the um phil donahue thing we had an audience of maybe 20 people spread out over uh-huh. probably about 30 chairs in various areas and i was yeah. thankfully only Are two you on rows. a stage
0: or on the floor I,
1: I no, i went i it's um like a senator not senatorial but like an amphitheater style <laughs> seating so basically there were two l- rows of people i think maybe three yeah. And I was running in between them, kind of passing mics, what have you. Uh The interaction that he had with the other fellow that was kind of continuous for about 10 minutes that I tried to move away from and then was returned to, I ended up passing that guy a lapel mic. Halfway yeah. through that, just because I was sick of other people asking questions and what have you, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But um, the, he and I
1: made eye contact at numerous. Everybody flights. needs
0: their own headset. That should just be part of everybody's yeah. paraphernalia from now. And they go to a thing like this; they're <laughs> already jacked way. in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, give yeah, us a no. break, man. Well, I think <laughs> I think increasingly. I mean, if you look at the
1: trial logs as a format, there were probably four people there. The fellow who ran the prize Kevin uh whatever his name was the there were there were a few other people there who really fitted in I'll, I'll give you this insight. This is something I wanted to save to a little bit later, but I'll give you this insight now because I think you'll enjoy this. And everyone I've told this to so far has enjoyed this. There was a transgender woman there who I actually knew about. She was part of the original I mean, team. she used to be a man and yes. now she's a woman. Yes. This is an interesting thing. I, I should point out here, Aaron, as our listener base grows, there is a group of the transgender community that doesn't like being identified as that they used to be a something. And my view is we are very, very, very transgender. Transgender sympathetic on the Stone Age podcast. This yeah. isn't a narrative associated with it. I'm just
0: trying to get it yeah. clear. The, yeah. the language around all yeah. this stuff is not straight yet. Exactly. Uh, it, it needs to be straightened out. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so she was there and she asked some interesting questions, including she was the one who talked
1: about this notion of an internal model of the outside world where I said yeah. this is exactly what I was doing with Noble 8. Yeah. So right. anyway, after this, I Googled the five active participants, and added them on LinkedIn and various other things. And I googled her. Her YouTube page came up. Based on prior conversation, what do you think
0: her number one hobby is? (laughs) Well, no, not the model railway. Yes. (laughs) Is that a big thing among uh, transgendered people, I wonder? Uh, My view is that
1: either I've... uh, It is a phenomena
0: which... It is is, an interesting world, isn't it? (laughs)
1: The thing is that I looked at it and I paused for a minute and it was like, I often get the feeling primarily because I'm a strong advocate for the notion that I'm a monkey in a simulation. Yeah. But I often get this feeling that the simulator is just prodding me in some strange way. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. It's not necessarily a spiritual thing. It's just a thing like the edge of the matrix is just crumbling away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, spiritual, those those words really break down at this area. To me, this kind of stuff is the heart of spiritual. Yes. Uh, There's a whole bunch of, you know, 99% mumbo-jumbo bullshit around. The
1: transgender
0: model railroaders are the heart of spiritual.
1: (laughs) Anyway, and I was just like... This, I, I think there's a documentary here, and I really think the transgender model, and I'm going to have to approach it
0: very carefully because I now Yeah, because it's going st- to stereotype all of them. Well, there's got to be the, the, the uh, male counterpart, you know, the, the male transgender who are really into dolls. And yeah, dolls houses. I think that might be the, <laughs> that might be the counterpart.
1: When I was writing the release notes for t- two or three podcasts ago, I used the term trainee. To refer to transgender model oh, riders, as
0: opposed to tra- tranny,
1: exactly. Yeah, and right. I
0: thought, <laughs> okay, tranny.
2: Yes, that's <laughs> I
1: thought to myself, this. I, I don't. I don't <laughs> want to appear. This is the thing. Is this is a thing of wonder to me, audience? This yeah. is not a negative thing at all. I think it's absolutely fascinating that there is a distinguishable group that is larger than women model railroaders, I would assert. By the numbers that I've met,
0: well, that would make sense. Who are transgender oh, I mean, model that, railroaders? That, that makes yeah. perfectly good sense, yeah. though. It's it's the, yeah. It's
1: um, the only concern I have is as, as I noted in a, recor- a few recordings ago when I actually mentioned this on model rail radio, particularly because we've had transgender participants in model rail radio. The general reaction of the par- the people on the call was not particularly positive. I mean, it wasn't. They were just. It was beyond the scope of anything that they had ever had any access to.
0: But. What you weren't talking about transgender issues, you were talking about model railway, right? Exactly. Yes. Well, then how does it, how did it even become known that they're transgender?
1: Let me explain this. There is a fellow who participates that claims that I am the Jerry Springer of model rail podcasts. (laughs) And I made the point to him towards the end of the recording that although I quite like the moniker. The only similarity I can see between Jerry Springer and what I do is the number of transgender participants, (laughs) which got a very quiet and then a few kind of pausing questions. You mean they're gay? You know, this kind of stuff. My view is actually that this is a, this is something which it's, has been my experience of doing model rail radio. And it's something that I find really fascinating. And not in not in a bizarro light, but just that there's this. I mean, when I when I first met my two first two transgender participants, I thought these are some of the nicest, easiest going people. I felt really at home in their environment. They were very welcoming. I mean, all those all and those these folks were were.
0: Uh, were what two? I mean, who two were...
1: two little old ladies that used to be little old men. Hera. Okay. Yeah. You know, both and, in and their
0: sixties, maybe and, even their seventies, and, and they were lovers, or they were just beyond <laughs> definite actually they actually just some I mean, life I mate, don't know right? I, don't, I don't know I mean I think they probably were but you know it doesn't yeah. really my view is that when well, people, you know it doesn't really matter yeah. it's just interesting you when know?
1: My grandfather on my father's side was in his 70s he had what he called quote unquote a housekeeper and they they didn't sleep in the same room no but they basically were partners for want of a better term I mean yeah. my view is that Aside from you know three to five to maybe even ten percent in some people, in terms of a sexual relationship, there's another component to the relationship. At least two oh, yeah. obviously fulfilled. Yeah, you know. well,
0: sex, sex may have nothing at all to do with yeah. the relationship. I yeah. mean, two sisters might live together for a lifetime. You know, yes. So there's all sorts of ways for people to pair up. Yeah, it, yeah. I
1: mean, thanks. thanks and to these major two, wars. And, and
0: these two had uh, gone into their. I, now those two would be interesting to interview. Mm. You know, I mean, did they have a sa- the sa- follow the same path transgender? No, one of them was per- the, the, the interesting thing is one of them was
1: transgender far earlier than the other one. Uh huh. And they, um the other one, I think, basically was converted by the. <laughs> Older one.
0: It's a very curious thing. I've talked briefly to a oh, few of the other folks. That's fascinating. Folk. That is absolutely Yeah, I, I think it's really very interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I'd like to see a film about those two. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you see, I, I have the means to do this, and I have the means to do this in a very complimentary way. And I think I also know people in San Francisco who could certainly assist the kind of, and I would use the term cultural here, the cultural framing of this kind of endeavor, because I find it very interesting.
0: Well, especially if it doesn't follow the stereotypical ideas that most people have about this stuff. Yes. You know, if it shows two real people who have gone through these separate paths and ended up where they are and how they've managed to put a life together in this kind of world, you know. Yeah,
1: I think there's there's so much to contrast in terms of... Just the immense and I'll use the term bigotry here, the bigotry against this kind of stuff, oh yeah, 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 anyway, aside from that element <laughs> the yeah it the other thing that occurred through this, which you probably heard, is I don't even know how this sounded to an external observer, but there was an interaction of maybe two or three minutes associated with the Kurzweil prize, which you may or we may, may not even register to people that listen to the audio, but it, as a participant I thought was rather curious. I did talk to the fellow who administers the prize afterwards. In fact, it was very interesting. Reese and I were talking to him and I provided a series of examples, including my favourite... Uh, teddy roosevelt metric associated with how many humans it takes to kill a complex system (laughs) and um he seemed to be really very i mean it was interesting actually because we had that initial interaction but when we actually started talking about brass tacks which unfortunately wasn't recorded we went through a series i mean he he is a journalist i believe and we went through a series of proofs and discussions and you know where you need to look in current research in order to find some points of interest and what is Google really doing and all these kind of deeper questions associated with, I don't know what you'd call it, artificial intelligence, I guess. And it was interesting because I, you know, I have my own particular themes, my own particular ideas. But when I'm being interviewed, and I really was being interviewed in this circumstance, uh, I had to think about my
0: justifications in quite a serious way. <laughs> I was just going to say, that you, it's unfortunately that, or it's unfortunate that you need to be prodded that way. That ought to be your standard position. What do you mean? Questioning your basic answers and assumptions. Mm, I I do it in a localized fashion. I don't just I don't do it
1: in a like broad global fashion. Enough. Yeah. You make a very valid point, Heron.
0: Yeah, I should do yeah. it far more. Yeah, yeah. It's a real powerful component mm. that that if you address it uh, can fuck things up real good for yeah. you. But also, uh, well, I think it's an important aspect that needs to be part of the mixture totally. you know, of of what needs to be covered. It also requires a degree of existential humility, which I think is always a really good thing. Well, admitting that you don't know what the fuck is going on, all you've got is your story. And and it
1: probably could be a better story than the one it is. (laughs) Yes. Also, through the week, I was contacted by a friend of mine in Australia, who I have somehow, I think way maybe actually prior probably prior to us resuming this format of recording put an audio discussion that he and i recorded in a similar time frame but because he made reference to real people who appear in my field of chaos novel i had to like overdub stuff over it was quite a curious thing which i pulled from the feed that you might be able to find if you go to the internet archive he contacted me through the week. He was very drunk, which is always a good way to make contact. With someone. <laughs> and he, he was drunk. He was drunk. Facebooking. Well, he Harry. could have
0: been thinking. He could have been thinking of somebody else. You know. No. He was. He was clearly <laughs> wanting
1: to communicate with me. And the interesting thing through that was um, it very heavily relates to our discussion here because he. The whole Field of Chaos period, which is, for folks listening who have never heard of this before, I wrote a book when I was about 17 called Field of Chaos. You can find a version of it on Amazon. I'm currently rewriting it and working with an illustrator and doing other things, but the one on Amazon's okay. And he has a view that there is a true story, a story, one yeah. story. The, the true story. The yeah. true story that he yeah. has access to.
0: Well, he's nuts. That I refuse to put into yeah.
1: Yeah. this book.
0: Yeah, he's crazy. If he actually believes, well, he, he, Let me he continue just needs Harry. to have this explained to him. Th- this is a, this yeah.
1: was my thought. This yeah. I thought sympathetically in this line, because yeah. we're all crazy. The other yeah. thing is that he has talked to another individual who appears in Field of Chaos, And funnily enough, this other individual has another story, but my somewhat drunken friend of 10, 15 years ago didn't really appreciate that this other friend's story
0: is completely different to his story, and there is no (laughs) truth through any of these stories. That's right. He's the only guy who who knows the truth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Well, there's nowhere to go with a guy like that. This okay. is my
1: concern. So I kind of put this to him in a Facebook response. I said, firstly, you really probably should listen to this Stone Age thing. Cause aside from <laughs> anything else, you might get a hint of what's going on in my life currently. Not a necessary component of the recording, but you might get that. The second thing you might get out of this is the notion of what a story is in the context of yourself, other entities. But the main point that I was trying to make to him was over time. If you hold exactly the same story 15 years ago that you hold now,
0: yeah. there is something really fundamentally wrong with you. You're probably uh, fundamentally I, I would say not necessarily. I would say not necessarily. It's highly questionable. I would say there are some theories that can hold up for decades. No, but, it, but we're but, talking about your story here. Oh, oh, you mean talking, oh, the big story. You mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you, your story has to be tied in with what's going on, and what's going on is always changing. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I put Although the... mine certainly stabilized in the past decade, and I expect it to be doing more of that, not less. I, yeah, I, I think, um, well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this goes.
1: How? Well, this is an interesting question here. So let's explore this little off, offshoot here. How my view has been, and I've experienced this, and I can only imagine that you might have experienced this more, as time progresses, things associated with my story change. And the thing that strikes me in particular is I'm now relatively aware... That I don't have the same recollections that I had mm. a decade ago or two yeah, decades yeah, ago. Yeah. And I'm at the point now where if I forget something, like for example, I've lost my gym shoes. <laughs> the shoes that I wear to the gym were a large part of my life. I had specially selected them because they, my feet are particularly strange. I had an extra toe on one foot and I put them in the same place all the time so I wouldn't lose them.
0: Yeah. And they're gone. Mysteriously, they're gone. They're not in the freezer. I've checked.
1: Okay. (laughs) We live in a small apartment. Yeah, okay. There's not a lot of places they could go. It's probably
0: one of those fucking cats ate it.
1: Yeah, that's my suspicion. Yeah, yeah. And so we went to go to the gym, and I realized I didn't have my gym shoes. And then I realized, how confident am I in my memories here? (laughs) I I I did the Stonian deconstruction. Yeah, yeah. And I started going through a series of things that were like fleeting memories and then I went down and checked the car even though I had no memory of taking the shoes to the car and they haven't turned up.
0: Yeah, yeah. How <laughs> When did this happen? Last Sunday. Okay, and they're still missing. Still missing. Interesting. Presumed thrown away. <laughs> Who knows, you know? Yeah, shit like that. Can now, I lost is- <laughs> a cigarette lighter once like 40 <laughs> years ago. I was still smoking mm-hmm. that I that I still think about. once in a while, you know? (laughs) It's just disappeared. It was unbelievable. In contrast to my
1: experience... It's a rarity when my spiritual advisor finds something where she's put it. She has... It's not It's not necessarily the deadhead phenomena, because I think the deadhead phenomena is played into aspects like her hearing, various other things which (laughs) are clearly affected
0: (laughs) by the deadhead
1: (laughs) experience. But she really frequently loses things just because she doesn't, as I do. I have a ritualistic process with everything. You
0: actually pay attention.
1: Well, it's not that I pay attention... It's that I know if I don't put things in a very specific place, I'll never find them, and they will go missing. Yeah,
0: Yeah, well, like I say, doing that, that's what I call paying attention. Mm. People Mm. just uh, put their keys wherever Mm. they happen to be at the moment without Mm. thinking or giving, you know. Yeah. And, of course, it's not registered.
1: Yeah. So, we kind of joked after I pulled the apartment apart in about an hour and a half trying to find these shoes (coughs) that... This experience was so rare to me, but it was just like the standard experience of my spiritual advisor. Really? And through this, I started to realize that I just have to allow for the fact that even though through my professional life, I have to have a trap-like mind. Yeah.
0: And you probably do for the most part Well, for it's that. interesting, actually. Yeah, it's it typically takes me about
1: three to five minutes. And sometimes I will say to people, please let me think about this and I'll get back to you shortly. Yeah. But a lot of stuff, I'm, mean, and it's funny, actually, because I was going through, you know, issues through the week. And I was able without actually seeing the issues to describe them with a great degree of accuracy. And I thought, well, maybe my memory in certain ways is still yeah. pretty good. Yeah. But you know, to go back two years and think about the details, it does take me a couple of minutes to do the full reflection that needs yeah. to go into
0: place. Yeah. But this is, See, I'm terrible at all that stuff, facts mm-hmm. and stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm in the middle of a story, I can usually come up with what I need to do it mm-hmm. right. But uh you know, if someone just starts asking me well, as you've discovered <laughs> <laughs> about things in the past yes. I haven't a
1: clue. Yeah. <laughs> but you were able to find an obscure female author from the 19th century when i just described you you're pretty good
0: heron actually well i i can find stuff sometimes yeah Mm. i'm i'm better than most people probably but i mean i'm i know enough people who are so much better than me that i'm just humbled by it you know yeah Yeah, i know i'm i'm okay at it but 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 anyway
1: returning to the original point that i was trying to make age to me and i'm you know i'm not particularly far along, but I feel far along in my experiential, has changed the way that I think fundamentally. And I'm now having to give myself allowances mm. associated yeah. with that. And I can only assume that this is going to be the kind of continuation <laughs> of my life, that yeah. I'm going to have to kind of continue. Well, to as you accumulate
0: wisdom, your yeah. your perspective is going to change. Yeah. You know, as you learn more, as, as guess, your body creaks more. Yes. I <laughs> guess know. my question to you is,
1: does this mean that your story becomes more set in its ways in certain regards? Or, I mean, what what is the potential well, my to, sense you is to it, have a revolutionary uh, yeah.
0: awakening at this stage? Um, well, that's always a possibility, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I, I don't. I just don't care. Mm. Is, is my attitude towards it. Mm. <laughs> you know, if I get one, fine. I'm sure I can put it to use. But. Uh, I've got enough already. You know, there's there's plenty to do right now. I don't need to be any more awake than I am. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I, I certainly need, there's a lot of work to be done, but, but yeah, I don't really, uh, I'm not looking to get the big E. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's seems kind of boring to me actually. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, Listen, the better, the more intelligent, the more unconscious that I can be will probably serve the whole process well. And I'm certainly open to it. Mm. I'm not doing anything really actively to, to, you know, attain it.
1: Mm -hmm. We talked a little bit. In fact, I scrubbed this audio because it seemed to be just a series of loops of discussion last recording. But we talked a little bit associated with your sense in the near future that you might, you know consume, experience, uh, you know, psychedelics in a way which you hadn't done previously. Oh,
0: yeah, that, that's definitely on my agenda, but yeah. there's no time frame, you know. Yeah. When, it, when it shows up and then I feel right, then uh, that'll be the time to do it. Yeah. You yeah, know, I wonder if that would change your perspective potentially. Well, that's part of the question. That's one of the reasons to do it, yes. <laughs> you know, is to just see. really, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I mean, uh, it's an interesting possibility. In Almost the reverse problem. Um, Since I put his
1: audio in the end of the Stone Ape feed a couple of weeks ago, Fred has been communicating with me quite excessively on Facebook. Excessively?
0: Yes. (laughs) I can understand why you'd use that word. It's
1: interesting, actually, because from my initial introduction, my wife has listened, sorry, my spiritual advisor, has listened to his friend Ben's YouTube, which is in fact considerably more... um, savantish, for want of a better term, considerably Uh more like just long stream of consciousness associated with minute details. Of, of trains, yeah, set to pictures, <laughs> which is actually quite curious, including he has a long white stick that he uses to point at various parts of the locomotive as he's describing it. Yeah, uh, My spiritual advisor and I listened to about an hour and a half of his work through the week yeah. and actually quite enjoyed it. It's quite a strange experience because you're <laughs> dealing... It's almost like um, we had an experience, my spiritual advisor and I, in the UK when my brother was in town. And we were both drinking back then and we both became so inebriated because we were just out with my brother. My brother must have been 16 at the time. He'd just gotten his driver's license or his his early permit or whatever and he drove us home. And it was that kind of strange experience that I have a very intimate sense of my brother in terms of knowing him from his birth and seeing him through various periods, although we didn't spend a lot of time from his, I guess, 10 through to his late teens. But the sense that this human being was in control of our lives yeah. was a very mindful. I had a similar experience when my grandfather, who was in his eighties, probably he was 88 at the time, drove my wife and I and my grandmother through the night at some speed in his Saab. And I had the same sense that the, that, you know, my safety was based on this connection, but talking, <laughs> well, watching, watching, um, Fred. His friend Ben gave me a sense that, you know, this, there's something interesting that's going on in this generation with a particular number of, because they have, they have, it's the access to information which is the important thing.
0: They have the internet. They yeah, have Wikipedia. Yeah. They yeah, have, they would be, they would no be obstacle. in the cellar at their parents' house. Exactly. Uh, watching tv yes and uh, in know, any other yeah, circumstance yeah, prior yeah, to yeah, this point yeah, in time yeah yeah they'd be totally incapacitated and now they
1: are living in a world where if they have a fascination with a particular thing they can take that fascination well to a i PhD still worry level. about him though what
0: he's got to pay the rent
1: well this is what or, concerns me as well let me you know what's going to happen so uh, fred in particular i've been talking with this week associated with What happens in the next couple of years? He's still in high school. Yeah. And he's about to graduate and he's got a couple of colleges in mind and he's got a couple of courses in mind. But really, I don't think he has a lot of life skills. He may have to get those
0: quick. Does he have any sense at all about what he wants to do? He basically. Or how he's going to support himself? Any of that stuff? Here's the bit
1: that you're missing, which may actually, which I found really fascinating and certainly reinforced to my spiritual advisor that this was a very interesting psychology. His father is 80, and his mother is 60, and he is 19. So he basically has. He's and he's an only child. He's. A, I, b- I believe he's an only child. I can also. understand why. <laughs> so he his whole perspective is he doesn't have a he doesn't have any meeting of generation yeah. in his life his, Yeah.
0: His parents are completely removed. Well, t- yeah, and he's totally disconnected from just about everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing that well, does he understand that he's going to have to somebody's going to have to pay the rent and how he's you know. Well, does, let me does continue, he drive now? Or? Let me continue with this. No, he doesn't, yeah. and he doesn't have a car. He, When he first appeared on Model
1: Rail Radio, he gave a long narrative associated with bullying in the rail community. This is the rail fan, not the Model Rail community. The rail fan community in his part of the world. And he talked about it very passionately, but he talked about this other kid who was actually autistic, who was very heavily bullied. Yeah. Um, who lived with his grandmother, actually. His parents, his mother had left early on. The father had disappeared and he lived with his grandmother, this autistic kid. Yeah. And he'd come out to, you know, various rail fanning events and just be brutalised. Yeah. It turns out through the week that Fred himself has had this experience too. And he gave an account associated with National Train Day last year where a group of these flunkies, uh, cornered him with a video camera and basically humiliated him and put the video up on YouTube. In fact, multiple videos up on YouTube. Um, yeah. the elements of this as well, the lead flunky, he gave me his name. There's a picture of this flunky with the Pope. He's, a, <laughs> he's an 18 year old boy yeah. with the Pope. And the father came to mass, you know, in his tagline. I mean, True, this is Facebook. I am probably verging into cyber stalking, but he gave me the kid's yeah. name, and I was just yeah. like L- let me have a look at this nemesis yeah. and see what I can establish from yeah. this yeah. so basically, it's a group of kids picking on another oh yeah, of but that's a big surprise yes, it's <laughs> interesting actually, because my experience with bullying was relatively short lived. I was bullied pretty heavily when I was like five and six. But after then I realised that I had to either fight or use comedic value to get out of these circumstances.
0: And I really wasn't bullied that badly. You can't let them dominate. Exactly. You you can't give them the satisfaction of
1: of being bullied. And i put this point to Fred. I've said to him,
0: you've just... You have to ch- obviously you got yeah, have but to that's so behavior. easy for you to say. To well, me. I know that's the thing I is know. he's Fred. I know he doesn't really connect with people. Yeah, he hasn't got a clue what the fuck is going on inside <laughs> other people's heads or what motivates them or anything. Yeah, he's in his own little world, exactly. and that's why he's in trouble. Exactly. I've,
1: no, I I can't argue with you. All I can do- I don't know how.
0: Yeah, how do you create a world that's safe for somebody like that? You know.
1: Well, yeah, I followed a
0: fellow called uh, I can't
1: think of the f- his first name was Justin. He owned justin.net, or links.net, for a period of time, and he was one of the early bloggers. He was a very curious character. His father had committed suicide when he was about, I don't know, 12, maybe 10, and his father was a Chicago lawyer, so he left him a substantial inheritance. He never had to do anything. And he lived very vicariously, typically through women... Just basically being a couch surfer who had like a long running (laughs) blog associated with his couch surfing exploits.
0: What a concept. He was
1: (laughs) very close with Doug Rushkov. Actually, he went to Rushkov's wedding and he blogged Rushkov's wedding. But I I never met the guy. (laughs) Some people
0: get a nice ride, you
1: know. When I was um, in the, well, I still am, but when I was starting out the intellectual property rights special interest group for the International Game Developers Association, I was told, oh, yes, you've got to get Justin whatever the guy's name is involved with that and I was like this guy's not he's not a doer he's just a talker and I don't think I ever actually spoke to him on the phone I was supposed to arrange a call with him but he cancelled and I just realized that he wasn't going to be a participant an active participant but he was very well liked because he was and he you know he's very part of that like technorati thing because he He didn't have any, like, costs associated with him. And he went round (laughs) and he was very talkative and excited... And, I mean, I think what I know about Fred, I know his father was, uh, you know, part of the local yacht club and things like that. And he's video oh, yes. Skyped with me on one occasion, which I thought was a little perverse, in the late evening with my spiritual advisor next to me in bed. Thankfully, we weren't doing video. But he was videoing <laughs> into his, you know, room and showing me in great detail the trains <laughs> of Chicago through yeah. Google Maps. Yeah, I think he's probably someone who is very easily bullied and exploited. And I think his friend... Ben has a parental support network, which is sorry, I've got a cat fight going on. Beside me. His friend Ben has parents who are very conservative and will not allow him to do things like have a Facebook account. Yeah. And my feeling is that that is probably actually a very good thing that these kids yeah. probably shouldn't yeah, be on yeah, if, Facebook now, to allow them to be. You know, it has to be harangued.
0: Yeah, it has to be dealt with on a case by case basis. Yeah, mm. just how much is this guy in touch with what's going on? Yeah. Mm. He'll be in serious trouble if he's just thrown out to the world. Well, my sense is, thankfully, although I don't
1: really know about this country, but I'm pretty clear that it also occurs in this country, that the college system is good at taking little boys and turning them into little men.
0: This guy's problem isn't being a little boy. This guy's got an organic brain dysfunction. Well, or, or, or not dysfunction, but his brain is just simply not operating the way most people's brains do. True. You know whether that's good or bad is not the issue. It the question is whether it's going to integrate with the system that's here. And my guess is he's in for big trouble. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. and, and but it would be that's why I asked earlier. You know, is how do you set up a civilization to, to allow a person like that to actually exist productively. Well, because doing—I mean, what he—you know—he's—he's awesome at what he does. (laughs) He—he
1: has various miscreant tendencies, and I think some of that comes from the area in Chicago that he's from. But I get the impression there is a part of him that is um, more fundamentally miscreant. He took great pride in showing me on Google Maps how he, on a monthly basis, snuck into a local train convention. He said, you know, you get in through this way and he and his buddy would go across a bridge and then cross another thing yeah. and through a car park and then they'd get in for free. Yeah. He has a miscreant
0: element, which I don't think his friends... That's interesting that you call that miscreant. <laughs> I mean, there's so many words to What to would you apply. describe it as being? Uh, mischievous, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, a kid. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Miscreant strikes me that there's some malice involved. Oh, it's the way in which he talks about it. Yeah, I think he probably enjoys the... Uh, no, 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 no. He huh? has
1: a resentment towards the p- proprietors of the show for charging t- entry. Ah, I see. He thinks it should be free. Yeah. yeah my, okay. My yeah. view is actually that I'm using this term based on my conversations yeah. with him. Yeah, well, and, again, I was just picking on it. So, no And problem. certain discussions associated with you know, race and other cultural elements. But see, my this guy's is
0: in his own world, certainly. man. I just don't think we can really even begin to yeah. to comprehend his universe.
1: No, I, I don't as well. Um, it's interesting, actually, because my sense of responsibility here, I mean, I do have... I am approached by people like this periodically, and I have been through yeah. my life. Um, and there's, you, you are right. It is a difficult problem, and sometimes there's not a lot you can do.
0: Well, I, yeah, you know, I, I don't deal with this very often, uh, but, but uh, you know, when it comes up, it's always just uncomfortable as hell. Mm. I would like to think, at least financially, that he will probably
1: be able to, if he finds something that he, where he can earn money through this, I am also think that because such a component of his personality is juvenile, that there is potential. He could be what is called... Loosely, a late bloomer, which means that he's just and he looks younger than he is in terms of photographs. Yeah. So it could just be that there is a wave of testosterone that will hit him.
0: Yeah. He might become a completely different person in the future. Yeah. Uh, But but still, well, yeah, there's, there's no way to know what's possible. I was
1: reflecting yeah. on this, particularly I was thinking about my where I was at 19. I know that because I started Noble 8 when I was at 19. So I know very clearly who I was at that point, because I have a lot of writing, but I also have a lot of good reflective points associated with that. And there were certain elements of me that were very rough around the edges then, but I had survived relatively well on very little support... For a couple of years by that point in my life and certainly two years following or a year following or probably around actually around the time I was 19 I really did I mean I moved off campus which basically put me away from a series of problems that I found on campus and I lived in a converted double garage for I don't know two and a half years. So I was surviving very much on my books yeah. through that period of time and was able to, you know, pay for rent and actually do quite comfortably. I had the best internet connection of anyone I knew and I was able to buy computers <laughs> yeah. and do a variety of things. So
0: yeah. well that gives you a certain amount of confidence yeah. then, doesn't it? And really <laughs> the whole experience, ah, this is another thing I wanted to
1: talk about this evening. So a period of time that we don't frequently talk about is when I first moved to this country in 2000. And a large part of that was because basically over the past 14 years, there has still been the threat of litigation over the period of time that I first moved here for a variety of reasons. But mainly the fact that the fellow in Australia who I worked with to get over here Did a series of very strange things, including trying to um, get money out of Wozniak and his people, which basically distanced me from him. But then he threatened to litigate against me. I feel comfortable talking about this now because the vehicles in which he used to threaten me have dissolved. In fact, they dissolved, as I discovered, through the week. Four years ago. So really, I could have probably found this out and yeah. talked quite comfortably about it for a long period of time. i just not got back. Well, oh, you just weren't involved with it. Yeah, who cares? What, had, what, it, what it meant to me physically was that I carried around about 14 pounds of paper. Which represented <laughs> this whole period yeah, in so terms that you of could, emails, yeah. communications yeah,
0: yeah. with lawyers, all this yeah. nonsense. In case it was needed, exactly. you, you had to have it. Yeah. Exactly. And now you can dump all that shit and burn it out the it. desert. I actually, yeah. it's funny because uh, we didn't
1: record last week because I was feeling under the weather and you were feeling under the weather. One of the reasons I was feeling under the weather was I had shredded half of it. Yeah. And basically, I think the paper um, pulp fine paper pulp had affected my lungs and throat and
0: i'd gotten sick from that um but (laughs) i used to have a yearly ritual i'd save up all the paper i was gonna get rid of Mm. for the whole year yeah no and then on the winter solstice i'd take it with me out into the desert and burn it in a fire yeah yeah it was awesome
1: unfortunately if i did that i'd have too much paper i do that typically on a monthly basis if not even shorter periods of time but this was literally a and it was in a tupperware container A large kind of carry-all... Well, it's a carry-all plastic container. It's not topperware. And I shredded it in two sessions because the first session, I was sick afterwards and then (laughs) finished this up. And it was so unbelievable. Firstly, it was saddening that this period of my life when I was probably at my most productive, spent my most time without sleeping, working, was taken up by a series, not just this one man, but a series of... Men who were in their 50s and 60s who just wanted to extract elements of my youth in the form of chunks of cash and went yeah. out of their way to basically do these things and to memorialize yeah. this in this paperwork and to pick out various sections and to see
0: the lunacy. That was subject (laughs) to my life. We talked about this a little bit because I kept... We've talked about this over and over again, why I've never associated in any kind of business transaction with humans. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, yeah. I haven't found anybody that I actually trust. Yeah. So I'm very mindful of Fred's
1: stage in his development because soon after probably from my t- from 20 through to 25 which is when i got married my time was polluted with these kind of individuals irrespective yeah. and t- to be frank you know, I associate Wozniak and a group of people that he spent time with, with this group of men as well. I think that whole experience to me was really, surreally negative and actually framed probably the next 10 years of my life following that. Yeah, yeah. So I now feel very much free from that whole thing. Yes, congratulations. And it's strange to me because now I feel free from it. I am able to realize what things I really... It's a bit like, um, I don't know, it's a bit like a prisoner being released. Yeah. You know, they get to yeah. smell
0: the air and taste food. and Well, new possibilities exactly. become available. Yeah. You know, and uh, that were just theories before. Yeah. And you know, all of a sudden, yeah.
2: hmm.
1: But all this paperwork associated with setting up companies and holding companies and funding and, you know, where the money is mm. coming from and bank accounts and all yeah. this crap. Yeah, just went through the shredder. It ended up in 10 large plastic bags, like garbage bags. Oh, like 10 bags?
0: Holy shit. Yeah. And I just thought, this was my life for years. And now it's all going to good. Yeah, how much more of that shit do you have? None. I shredded. So no, we, I mean of other stuff. I what mean, do you mean, like paper or what? Well, do you mean? I mean, it, it, not, okay, there's nothing else hanging over you then. That was it. I'm liberated. Shit, you're in pretty good position, man. Dan's skippy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hell yes. We talked a little bit historically associated with when I printed out the two years of emails, and of course that was through the two years of emails that I printed out, and I looked back on, and, and I think we talked quite candidly. Then I said, you know, the thing that upsets me... Me about this is that so much of my time was spent writing these emails rather than, you know, fulfilling my life's work. But it's interesting uh-huh. now as I reflect on this, I am into a far better position now with Noble Ape than I've ever been with Noble Ape. And it's because I've had 17 plus years, some of them reflective, some of them when I moved back to the US, some of them looking out over
0: a field in the UK. I mean, all these experiences. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all a going into Noble 8. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it'll imagine how much better it'll be 20 or 30 years from now.
1: Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> it,
0: I, my memorialization
1: of shredding this paper was to put online and Stone Ape listeners, if you haven't seen this, get in contact with me and I will forward you the link. I'm not making it public because Apple normally may still want to claim copyright on this stuff that they did 11 years ago now with technology that they no longer use, but I put up the video, which is Seven about seven, seven and a half minutes. I thought it was more, but there was another video that I didn't find. Um, but of the Apple engineers displaying Noble Ape at WWDC in 2003. Did you have a chance to see that
0: video? No, I don't know about that. Please okay. Give me a I, th- link, I yeah. thought
1: I posted it on Stone Ape Group Group, but I'll, I'll post it to you directly. Yeah, thank you. They look like little boys, Heron. They look like little <laughs> they, boys. They are little boys. Back, you know, I mean, they must have, they must have been, I guess, in their mid-twenties at the time. Maybe, yeah. maybe I don't know, I, I didn't get the sense that we were roughly the same age. I thought they were slightly older than me, so they were probably yeah. in their late-twenties. Yeah. But now looking back at it and looking at it is yeah. like <laughs> just a kinder, gentler time, Two thousand. It was a
0: very different world. In <laughs> it the, was such a different world. It, yeah. It was an exciting world, though. Well, yeah. it was interesting, actually, because I think... When I
1: use my retina eight core power book, <laughs> I'm just in a different space. I'm yeah. like, if I had had this 17 years ago, oh, there would yeah. be noble apes on the
0: moon now.
1: I mean, it would just yeah. be such yeah. a different thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's comes, I remember, listen, I had the very, very first Mac and mm-hmm. you know, I remember and uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's just has continued to outstrip my wildest expectations of what was possible. Yeah. You know, I, it, I, God, I, I'm so thankful for it. Yeah. And imagine little children, especially with tablets now. I mean, kids, mm. more and more kids are getting tablets just tossed into their crib. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Man? Well, let, I mean,
1: returning to the fred conversation maybe this might not turn out as well as we'd originally suspected
0: (laughs) oh well it's up to how we management it's 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 up to us to make sure it comes out as a good thing we don't just throw them in there (laughs) you know i mean this is called this this is called programming your child Mm. that's what we do the thing is we do it crappily now Mm. you know so uh, but that's what we do we put we Program them how to encounter the world and how to deal with it. A tablet is the most amazing tool in the world for a child. You need to appreciate, Heron, I I
1: had another breakthrough this week. I realized that even the old books that I keep, because I don't think they exist anywhere else, Mm. are on... Well, I call it Scribd, and you call it Scribd. Oh, yeah. I got a subscription to Scribd just for a day because I realised that therein the problem would lie and was able to download about 70 pounds worth of books, pounds, physical pounds in your hand, that I then immediately put on my iPad. (laughs) and realized in that transition, I had 700 plus, and it was only, I think it was $7 for the day. I had more than $700 in value worth of books on my shelf in my iPad now, where I didn't have to (laughs) scan. And if I was ever pursued by copyright, I would just point to the books and point to my iPad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: it astonishes me how late to the game I've been with this technology. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing to me that I've held onto to these books with the thought that I will never be able it to experience these. It took me a long time, helicopter.
0: too. Listen, it took me a long time. I really loved my books. I mean, it mm-hmm. was part of my whole game, you know, mm-hmm. is look at all the books that I've got. Mm-hmm. Ooh! <laughs> but for, me, for me, it's mainly olfactory. Well, there's that too, yeah. But there's all, yeah. They're, they have their charm. There's yeah, no I mean, question about it. I like the smell it. of a book. Yeah, yeah. But all in all, I'll take the iPad. <laughs> That's where ultimately uh, it began to be a choice, and it just was really clear to me the iPad had so many advantages over the book that, that yes. there's just no point in playing that game anymore. Yeah.
1: Well, I've realized living in this part of the world that I can take my olfactory sensors and put it into buildings That's rather what than into you, you, you know, into, into your book. toast. Yes. You
0: know, you can do all sorts of things you can smell. <laughs> In fact, I'm seriously considering
1: the... We've talked about this associated with book mold collection, and then extracting essences from the book mold.
0: This is something that I can
1: actually do as <laughs> spray a Spray
0: it around. That's right. And spray yeah. it around your house, yeah. right?
1: Or just have a, a little vial of it that you can take a whiff of as you're reading on uh, your
0: iPad. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Or you could, ah, well, that'll be the next innovation in the iPad. It'll be built in. It'll little mist little- you. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. The appropriate mist for all the aspects. Certainly. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, that's not so far out.
1: No. I've been letting the side down associated with the 10 hours of Netflix. I must have stopped through the week. But one thing I did watch was a Werner Herzog documentary. Which one? Um, It was called The Happiest People on Earth. Ah, the yeah. People of the Tiger. Yeah, think. I've seen it. And my spiritual advisor hates Werner Herzog. His voice irritates her. Grizzly Man, I think, basically, (laughs) like, the Werner Herzog rage that my spiritual advisor has. (laughs) So I pointed her to YouTube, I showed her the footage of him being shot. (laughs) She kind of calmed down a little bit And then we decided It it was funny actually Because originally I was reading her the subtitles Because she was off doing something else And then she came up and we watched it together I really liked it The nature of people who live off the land but also live in this kind of extreme environment and the whole nature of kind of getting away from humanity and the the crazy, you know, the critters that they're hunting with their, you know, little frozen bodies that they kind of throw on their back and keep on going... I mean this just strikes me as a very harsh
0: life but well, it makes me really glad to be an, a citizen of the internet. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean I It's I'm, a beautiful thing yeah. I think. But but uh I could never I, I have no desire to live like that. None. I, I so, kind of do. Really? Yeah. Oh, so you can get a plane. Shit, you're making all sorts of money. Make a plane ticket. Move there. They'd probably take you in. Yeah, I'm sure You know, really. especially if you're enthusiastic and strong, you know. Mm. I Hell, do yes. wonder how it works out because the land
1: was granted to them by the government through the heavy communist period. So my sense is they probably don't have enough room for me. You know, they probably take 20, 20, you know, miles in any direction is their hunting ground. If they have another human, where am I going to go in that space?
0: Yeah, well... You'd have to bring something with you maybe that uh, would make you worthwhile to them, some skill or something. Mm. You know? Yeah, your ability to make guns with a 3D printer. Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) The ghost guns. A skill which I'm not allowed to use in the state of California, but in (laughs) Siberia, probably. a long one. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, guns. Yeah. Well, American Indians. I mean, there are all sorts of, you know... People of the earth stories Mm. of cultures that seem to work pretty well, Mm. you know, where people smile a lot, you know, and seem to be more or less happy. I'm like, you know, the whole nature of the problem
1: with our lives is greed. And if we minimize greed, then our lives will be sustainable and comfortable and our children will have something to inherit. Well, that's,
0: well, right. Sure. See, I mean, the whole idea of the whole problem is greed. So, I mean, well, if well, except if you're hunting. If the problem hunting is we critter, got a bunch of language monkeys here. But the they prob- don't. Is, what? The oh, only I language don't... monkeys they have is themselves out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> that's right. No, but well, that's what I'm saying is that they're really out of the game. You know, and whatever they do there, I mean, it's interesting and, and it's worth noting. And there's probably something to be learned, but it's almost irrelevant. The world we inhabit isn't like that. We have to figure out how this world is going to work. At least that's my take on it. I reflect on Salinger. He basically made
1: the decision, I guess, as a period in his life to effectively behave like these trappers and get out.
0: What do you mean, Salinger, the author? Yes. I Mean he lived in the woods and
1: killed uh Well, I don't know his if he killed things. He for... went into town, but he didn't interact with the broader society. Oh yeah. And he well, made that's... it very difficult
0: for people to interact he... with him. Yeah, that's that's called being a hermit. That's perfectly understandable. You don't have that's to move... it's nice if you got the ability to move into the woods and do yeah. it. But I doubt seriously if he lived like these people did. No, I don't think he lived like these no, people did No, he lived did. a modern life. You know, yes. uh with Probably shit with he dentistry went and, and at the med- store and medicine. all that shit. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and probably he had a radio and TV and, well, who knows? I don't know what he had, but I mean, yeah, he's a hermit, but shit, I'm a hermit. I mean, I go to, I go to town twice a week, but other than that, I'm basically in my house. But you coordinate your shopping outside your work, right? Well, when I need food, I go get some food at the market. i can I have to go out into the world to deal with you know with s- sustaining myself. so mm. I have to go to work twice a week, and I have to get food and I have to get gas. I mean you know, there's a whole bunch of things that I need to do, mm. but uh, those are all relatively simple things to do. Mm. Reese was quite fascinated by your work <coughs> at the newspaper, yeah, really. yeah, well, it is kind of nice, really. I kind of like it, yeah. What was he fascinated about? Um, well, Reese, if you're a listener, why don't you write some questions? Yeah, he's us. now a member of the Stone App Facebook group, Dan Okay, Skippy. good, yeah, yeah, so write some f- questions for us. I think
1: it's it was the beautiful. notion that you are a different entity in a different setting. I mean, this is the whole thing with what we're doing here, is that we're creating this perception of ourselves oh, yeah. that other people have, <laughs> which is very, very <laughs> different than the, yeah. the, the well, real... Well, they would
0: be wrong if they think this is who... Aaron really is. Yes. (laughs) Yes, that would not be a wise assumption.
2: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: But it is an interesting thing. I've not had a sustained... I guess i talked to a couple of people. I talked to a Model Rail radio listener in the UK that listened to exactly one Stone Ape recording, and he was so um, upset by the notion (laughs) of the language monkey that he stopped listening and then he sent really? me he sent me an apology email following he said actually I probably should have listened to it with a thicker skin I'm going to listen again and I said "Oh, what well, you've got to understand s- with the notion of the language monkey is that irrespective of any claims that Heron or occasionally I make against it we are all fundamentally some form of language
0: monkey. Yes the issue is how are we going to deal with
1: this? Yes it's yes. more like language monkey therapy than there's this group of assholes yeah. called language Monkeys, and we're not one of them.
0: <laughs> well, that's really a tribute to this guy's own intelligence that afterwards uh, he could reconsider. And well, uh, I think I made that's the point amazing. To him very actually, clearly. he's a pretty interesting. That's that's amazing. I, he's not an many people actually. That. He's
1: pretty interesting guy. He's an okay, oh, yeah, so okay. He's become a house husband now, but you know, he's he's yeah. got various parts of his personality. All right. So his brain has not died yet. Yeah, but- I think when I made the point to him that this actually was more shtick than insult (laughs) he realized actually that he'd probably taken it far too seriously and I think the important thing that people should take away from this is when Heron and I are talking that's the time not to take us seriously
0: (laughs) well I think you should take me seriously all the fucking time Uh because even if I sound like I'm joking um uh, well that's that's the beauty of this is we can we've set up a situation here where we can get away with just about anything. Damn, skip it. At, <coughs> at any time and um and, yeah, so you can be serious and really mean it or you can be you can pretend you're not being serious when you are in fact being deadly serious. I mean, I think the interesting thing I go back and listen to this recording periodically
1: and the thing that interests me most is how our narratives have changed. Really? You in particular actually. I think you are I mean, I obviously I have a degree of intimacy with myself, um and I do know when I do say things where I think now I wouldn't have said what I said then, or has my view actually changed, yeah, but you have softened in some regards, hardened in other regards, oh, but good, I think the you put up with a lot more of my shit than you used to, Heron, and I almost wonder if that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be considerably more, really, yeah, instigatory, and now I think we we actually
0: are kind of friendly, like, with one another, and it probably. Well, I've so I figured. Listen, the guy's a fucking language monkey. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not going to push him. You know, I'm just going to let it go where <laughs> it goes. You know, and yes. this is an interspecies dialogue, and <laughs> I need to just be friendly you know and, and we'll and we'll see how it goes yes you know, there's no point in pissing him off
1: so when did you discover that i was actually a very good language monkey imposter heron
0: <laughs> um i'm not sure i want to go into this here why not um are you trying
1: to be funny or are you being serious? no no
0: i'm being serious now oh, okay you know i mean it, i have my own way of analyzing people and where they are in their life wow and, and what's going on? And um, I mean, I, I've talked before. Is uh, I I don't really like getting involved intellectually with people who are married because uh-huh. they, they because they've got a whole set of of agreements in place that probably they're not aware of. In your case, you probably are. But yeah. but anyway, the stuff I'm talking about can be really really unsettling to a stable system that's already in place. And so I just am hesitant to get involved on too deep a level on certain subjects with people who are in, in oh, positions can, where they're maintaining a stable kind can, of thing. Can you give me two? I mean, obviously
1: we don't talk about sex a lot and yeah. we don't talk. I'm trying to think what other things we talk about. Well, the
0: is- whole idea of monogamy and living and having a life partner and, and, and all of that stuff strike. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just, it's just, um, My experience has been that most people who are involved in it see it as some sort of really natural, rightful way for people to live and that anything else would be uh, problematic. I mean, I I ultimately (laughs) think about it in terms of compromise,
1: which seems to be what you're focusing on, Uh, on some level.
0: No, I'm not sure I know what I'm focusing on. It's just (laughs) been a general thing that Uh it it struck me that people who are married are really unwilling to rethink certain aspects of their life. Oh, okay. You Um, know, it's really about a willingness. For me, Gendo is about a willingness to totally rethink your whole fucking life from the ground up. Yeah, but, I mean,
1: to be fair, since we started talking... I've changed my physical location. I've changed a wide variety of aspects of my life. <clears throat> but also, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't be... I mean, if there's any judgment associated with it, I'd find it very curious. But this thing strikes me that if you're not being honest with me, Herod, what, what things should we be talking about?
0: Well, it's not about not being honest. I mean, there are a million things to talk about, and uh, and it's a joint venture. It's It's mm. both you and I. Mm-hmm. And... And I, I guess I, part of me doesn't want to, um, yeah. And it's, it's maybe, you know, a messiah complex on my part thinking I'm that fucking important. <laughs> you yeah. know? But, um, some of the ideas that, that are central to my thinking really pull a rug out from underneath oh, just about everything in, uh, Western culture. <laughs> and,
1: I mean, having said that. Yeah. You. Have you ever raised any of these topics in any of your recordings
0: with anyone? Oh, yeah. yeah. In your general podcast feed? Yeah. Yeah. It's come up not, uh, not often, but, but, uh, well, you mean specifically, uh, refusing to talk to somebody because of, of something or? No, no. I'm just
1: saying. I mean, I think we've covered a number of topics. I mean, I think yeah. you might have an image of me.
0: I just think that my, the stuff, if you pursue the stuff I'm pursuing at a deep level, it really disrupts literally every aspect of your life, and I don't think. And I think people who are married generally are not interested in disrupting every aspect of their life.
1: What and, I, think, I mean, like economically
0: or socially, everything. Or? I mean, I mean everything, literally. I mm-hmm. mean, virtually everything. And and that's like I say, it's just it's just been an issue that I've noticed over the years that you know talking to twenty year old people or uh, or anybody actually who's not married. That they're uh, they're more daring in their, their ability to imagine things. Well, I certainly
1: realized prior to being married that I took a lot more risks, and I was willing to go in a variety of different directions. But I still take risks, and although the risks have lessened, I would think in a critical assessment I'd probably take
0: more risks... Well, there are risk in, a, in different domains.
1: Well, yeah, yeah I don't, I'm, I'm yeah, you're right, move, I
0: risk almost nothing.
1: Yeah, now. I, I'm willing to move almost anywhere in the world, and I've lived in a number of different places in yeah, the world. Yeah. Um, I've swum with jellyfish, which was one of the curious things associated with, I think you posted a deep sea jellyfish, and I looked at it and I thought, well, if you've ever seen even shallow water or surface dwelling jellyfish, are pretty crazy to watch swim, and it looked pretty familiar to me, so I was kind of... Yeah, it seemed strange to me, because I guess if you knew any experience around jellyfish, yeah. and you saw a jellyfish, then it's going to look strange. But if you've seen other jellyfish, it's pretty... Well, that thing didn't look like a jellyfish at all to me. It looked like a jellyfish that I've seen. Yeah, well, I've seen jellyfish. I mean, they're not muddy like that. They're more transparent. No, they're usually yeah, they... they're,
0: and they're certainly not that large. Well, true,
1: true. <laughs> they can get pretty big though.
0: Uh, yeah, they can get quite big, but they're yeah. usually transparent and they have the long tentacles. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, th- that was an odd-looking jellyfish. As but moving, to... moving back to the original topic, yeah. I think I'm interested. I mean, I'm genuinely now
1: interested. Now you have let this creature out of a bag to understand ah, what
0: out you of mean. a bag thank you thank you thank you thank you <laughs> what what
1: what topics are we missing here Aaron? Uh,
0: nothing we're not missing anything i i just uh i don't i just don't want to be responsible for breaking up your marriage well uh, many have tried um. So... And then he tried to break up your marriage. Yeah, my, Well, my... see, that's why they didn't work. <laughs> see, I don't want to break. That's the, exactly the point. I don't want to break up your marriage. Okay. Um. But what topics do you think you could raise that would raise that concern? Um. For me, it's really the whole idea of married life just doesn't make any sense at all to me. I think it's probably correct for maybe five percent of people, and if it's right for you, then like you know I say, I, it's not for me to say. Yeah. But uh, I just don't know. It's just to me, uh, marriage is sort of a, a really perverse state. Well, it's so. Are you familiar with the? <laughs> are you familiar with the magician
1: slash comedian Penn Gillette? <laughs> yeah. So my friend Bruce Damer was going to go and appear on Penn's Bullshit. ...show. That's its actual name. It's actually called Bullshit. And it was clear that he was being set up to be some hippie freak on the show. But I said, why doesn't he... Because I know... I knew Penn's handler at the time... ...who was trying to use me to help get in contact with Bruce Dahmer. I said, why doesn't Bruce Dahmer appear on Penn's radio show instead? Because Bruce could talk about all his stuff. And Penn's handler said, Penn will not interact with anyone who owns pets... And I thought that was really very, very strange, but I accepted it. But it just, it made no sense to me that you wouldn't want to interact with someone on an intellectual level because they owned pets. It seemed to me almost to be like an excuse because they were looking to humiliate Bruce in one sense that they didn't want to actually have him on the show in another sense, you know? And I guess my sense with regards to your aversion to married people is... I appreciate it as an intellectual form, but if you can't give me more substance than what you presented to me, I'm just going to have to put it up there with Pendulette's anti-pet thing because it doesn't make existential sense to me.
0: No, well, you don't get... I'm not anti-marriage. I'm just saying I think it's probably... Only for a very select, tiny percentage of people and that most of us are programmed from childhood to think that it is is—it is the end point of our life is to get married and, you know. It, I don't think that's it, the case anymore, Heron. I think well, it might have been the case when you – No, I think it still is the case. I think it's changing. You're right. It is beginning to change. But still, everybody has this sort of archetypal image of – you know, hooking up with uh, some woman and then you will have this mate for life and that that will be what your life is all about. And I think that may in fact be true for maybe 5% of people. But let's but, be but, clear but to here. raise an entire population yeah. Yeah. on that assumption yeah. I think is really perverse. Let's be clear here, Heron. That was not
1: in any way. Part of my culture. It wasn't part of my culture as it was sold to me, and it wasn't part of my culture as it was delivered to me from early childhood. My father has had four marriages. It's impossible for me <laughs> to take what you're saying
0: yeah. seriously okay, as I a cultural norm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's the thing is that I'm talking about my experience exactly. in the past. I'm not talking about the whole world. I'm yeah. just saying about what I've seen. Yeah. So I'm I'm still interested, and I think this is this
1: may be a piece of homework that you should take away and think about Mm -hmm. what topics, firstly, you think would be destructive to my marriage, but secondly, what topics you won't raise with me because I'm married. Actually,
0: you know, I don't really care. Very good. It's it's at a it's at a deeper kind of level that that I'm not quite sure I know how to deal with yet. So. There aren't any specifics in my mind. It's just, uh-huh. it's a, it's a sort of conclusion that I've come to over the years, uh-huh. uh, as to who are, uh, more likely to get and apply the stuff I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And, um, well, and there's a difference between getting it and applying it too. Uh-huh. Um, And it's just a statistical thing which has no actual application on you. (laughs) When I talk to you
1: about not having an internal narrative, when I talk to you about having a narrative of music, if anything, Mm -hmm. and these kind of things, do you assert that that's just what I say and that I'm lying? Or do you assert that this is a small part of my life? I I don't know.
0: I'd have to... Yeah, I, I really didn't, I mean, we, we, that might be an interesting thing to do is to sit down and explore that in detail. Mm. Uh, because I really can't say. My experience is that th- these actually, these things can go on simultaneously so that the voice can be going on at the same time as some other uh, processing method can be going on. We may be focused on one and, and become unaware of the other, which doesn't mean the other one isn't also ongoing. But it just it's means interesting because redemption.
1: when when you've described the internal narrative as you experience it, it, it seems to me to be very alien. And also, as I've described previously, it seems to be some element of nationalistic programming that is in there.
0: <laughs> which well, is there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff. In yeah. It. It, it operates in a lot of different modes. And the more I, I become aware of it, the more appalling it is. Yeah. I mean in some ways it in some ways it's a well rehearsed grammatical statement of things you know i mean yeah. it's, it's it's almost you could write it out and it would make sense in other times it's this halting repetition of words or phrases along with images and things and other things and phrases and sounds some of which aren't really words but maybe they're words i don't know it's a weird state of consciousness that I actually don't know how to talk about. But, but the language machine on some level is tied into a number of other systems where they all interact. And, uh, but I, I can't make any sense at all out of that part yet. Mm.
1: So I understand the notion of the Gendo monk, and we have talked about that. And you certainly have had followers that fall into that kind of category.
0: No, no, I haven't. I haven't had anybody that falls into that category yet. You've had people that you've thought perhaps are entrained. I've had people that may end up in that category. Mm -hmm. We'll see.
1: (laughs) Right. And, yeah, I mean, I guess my interests are not in participating or falling into that category as you describe it. But still, I find this a
0: very strange critique, Karen. I think I'm going to have to take away and digest A strange critique? What, my critique of marriage as is, is well, a state? no, that, that
1: there is a fundamental disconnection between our communication that oh. is based upon things that you oh, have identified over ah. a period of time. Yeah, you're right. choosing to focus on the married component. You're right, you're but right. You're asserting that there are other things as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. That's an interesting, well, the thing, do you feel that it's uh, inhibited our, our communications here? Not at all. I actually,
1: I actually quite enjoy talking to you because it is an amalgamation in some regard of other people I've spoken
0: to. Well, assume it this way then. It's just Mm -hmm. shit I'm working on in myself that Mm -hmm. I'm not ready to talk about yet. Mm -hmm. You know, take it that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll, yeah, there, there, you know, there's, Uh, On some level, there's no way to draw lines here because I don't understand the system well enough to to actually know except by uh, my emotional responses to something when it's occurring. Mm.
1: I have noticed that when you're under the weather, you do respond very differently and perhaps I don't want to use the term authentic.
0: But perhaps, <laughs> perhaps when you are under, I didn't the weather, have you... my shields are not at full power. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yes. yes, yes.
0: There's something going on at a deeper level that I have access to. Than when you, that may be. That yes. may. Be. That's one of the reasons I wanted to go on with this recording tonight to see if you know. Um, what that is, because normally, I mean, I, I, I'm clearly not a hundred percent and, and, yes. you know, but I, I, I wonder about other people. I, I, I know people who call in sick because they have the flu or something and they're in bed for like three days and then they get over it and then they come into work and other yeah. people get sick and they come into work and bring a handkerchief with it, <laughs> you know, and it's sort of, I'm, I'm sort of that way. I've, I've sort of accommodate almost anything that's going on. It turns out I have a huge tolerance for pain. I never really, really thought about it, actually. But uh, I went to the VA for some tests at some time that were apparently about the most extremely painful uh tests that they do in medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And – Really wasn't that, and yes, it was very painful, but only for a short period of time, and then there was like a minute or two before uh, between it, and then you get this other jolt Mm -hmm. that would last for maybe 10 seconds or so. But once I sort of understood the dimensions of what this was and that it would be over, and and it was like, okay, just do it. And apparently, almost everybody who takes this test quits like halfway through and says, I can't take it anymore. You know, I'll come back another day and we'll finish it, but I'm done. <laughs> hmm. And I was shocked at that because it was almost like I have this ability to just shut that off somehow.
1: I think there's clearly that element. We've we've talked about this, and there have been certain topics that you've identified along those lines. Really?
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> good somebody remembers some of this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's – I
1: have this element as well. I mean, it – associated with living through pain as one part of it but the notion also that you it's ultimately isolating though in some regard because the ability to feel pain is a kind of collective thing as well as being an individual thing and i'll oftentimes you know joke or disconnect perhaps through a process I don't want to use I mean it's not narcissism it's something more fundamental than that but it's just an ability to disconnect from whatever environment be it pain be it you know what have you and kind of not necessarily return to a self-focus, but just move through whatever is occurring. Yeah, yeah
0: I'm not quite sure what, what it is. I'll mm. I have to think some more. But that's, that's interesting. That's a good – I don't know what it was, but, I mean, I could – it was easy to do. Mm. You know, it was extremely painful for about 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, probably as painful as anything I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then it was over. Nothing happened. I wasn't any worse off or anything. You know, everything mm-hmm. seemed to be okay. And they'd give me in like 30 seconds or so to recuperate and say, are you ready for another one? And I'd go, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the, the the issue is this psychological issue about how we chunk our experience. Again, the story we've got about what's actually going on, mm. I, I think, is somehow what this is all related to. Mm. Is how Because, like I say, people... You know, I-, I see them, they're in bed for three days, and I'm wondering, are they really, you know, ex- on an experiential level, experiencing much more severe symptoms than I'm feeling? There are two things here. When I'm delirious, I won't go into work. I have
1: worked delirious <laughs> previously. Concept. But no, when I'm delirious, I will not go into work. And that it's mainly sense, yeah. for my own, because yeah. I will say things that are just completely, yeah. I don't even more outlandish than yeah. normal.
0: I don't go into work when I'm dizzy. <laughs> That was an issue for people. The couple other weeks. thing
1: is, I think there's a social responsibility, and this oftentimes I will really enforce, that if I have something that I think is contagious, because I've, I've worked previously and taken out entire offices.
0: No, I, no, listen, I agree with that completely. Yeah. I'm just talking about the psychology of people who are always yeah, in but who, who Yeah. Look, I agree.
1: There's this notion of falling down. There's this notion of, you know, these kind of things. But aside from that, I don't like getting other people sick. Yeah, and if no, I'm, but delirious, you would, the, I'm not the, going into
0: work, no, that makes no. What I'm imagine if you were retired and rich and didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. The issue is whether you would be up around doing stuff and just sort of putting up with the bullshit of the cold, mm-hmm. but doing what you normally do, mm-hmm. or would you be in bed uh, with a, with an ice pack and moaning and groaning all day long? Well, I wouldn't. So I'm thinking that's probably about ninety eight percent story. Maybe not. That's the issue is how do you test for that? How do you know whether they're experiencing severely severe (laughs) symptoms similar to what I'm experiencing and that just is an inconvenience for me Mm -hmm. or whether they're in fact experiencing something far more severe? Because I have been in bed for three or four days. I know mm-hmm. what that's like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that that isn't an impossible thing. The problem currently is that
1: there's a term called the flu, which has got nothing to do with influenza. If you've actually had influenza... No, I know, I know. And I have had influenza... For yeah. a couple of occasions really badly yeah. then you realize that you are completely physically incapacitated yeah. by that.
0: Yeah, yeah. well that's the point it doesn't really matter what name you give mm-hmm. the issue is whether in fact you are physically incapacitated or just, well that's the issue though, I mean, what does that mean? What does it take to incapacitate you? Maybe it takes more pain, apparently it takes a whole lot of pain to incapacitate me, whereas a lot less pain appears to incapacitate a lot of other people. Well We've had this discussion
1: periodically. In fact, it's a kind of perennial topic on, on these reports. Well, it's a, has it and
0: been? I don't think there's ever been any solution to this. Has well, there?
1: I've I've asserted on a few occasions that if you don't move, you're far less. You you will live in far better health than if you move. One of the things that I've found moving, particularly to this part of the
0: world, moving you mean physically locating your to rest. another
1: place, it's not just getting up and walking across. No, to uh, to live in a different place. Okay, to live yeah. in a different country, to yeah. live in a different
0: region—that's not good. Exposes for you, you yeah. to
1: things which you have no tolerance for. In <laughs> yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just in general, that's probably risky. And if
1: you move pay. in areas that have a high influx or a high movement of people from other parts of the world, you're also going to it's get a these risky diseases. environment. Exactly. Yeah. So when I've had this discussion with people, they have always been people like you. They've always been people that have lived in the same area for their entirety of their lives. And this speculation associated with illness, I mean, I think of myself currently and I try to maintain a relatively good health. I do a variety of things in order to try and maintain that. And I've been considerably more successful in my thirties than I was in my twenties doing that. But I think part of that is actually physiological. I think you actually are still in some kind of chemical transition through your twenties and you're certainly... you well, you in bit of a transition
0: bit It's your whole life. Well There's yes but stage is
1: just, it. it's slightly
0: yeah. it's slightly different. I mean Yeah. The
1: conversation I mean I think that I like to have the conversation associated with what I will call this broad thing called falling down, which is the choice that people make to give up in certain circumstances. My sense, however, talking with you is that you have acknowledged and in fact embrace that you've given up on a variety of things. You just focus in on this notion that there are a group of people who will Pretend is not even the right term. Get focused on their own illness and not be able to recuperate from that in what you consider to be a reasonable amount of time. Whereas you, have no, that's not this.
0: quite it. No, that's not quite it. It's not about the amount of time. It's the it's, fact that they do it instead of. It's, a, it's like. about the fact that they're in bed instead of out, out gardening. Mm. The, the issue is that, and the issue is whether, in fact, you know what the difference is between. Them and me, what, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, experientially, I mean, they may be experiencing symptoms that would put me in exactly the same place because I, that's why I you, I've been there. I've been in bed for five days, actually, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Uh, so I, I know you can be physically incapacitated by something, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about people in my experience growing up with people, uh, who I'd go over to their house because they couldn't go to school. Or something, you know, Mm -hmm. and see them, and they'd be in bed, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) miserable and shit. And I'm, I, well, like I say, I just never really could be clear whether they were just whiners, Mm -hmm. or whether they were actually suffering more than I did. Because I used to get colds, but it it never put me in bed Mm -hmm. like that, you know. It just, it was an annoyance. Mm -hmm. But it, it, you know, and they'd sometimes make me stay home, but you know, I didn't feel like I I needed to be home. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective.
1: I mean, through my, and there was, there's a, there's a syndrome associated with this, but through my early to mid teens, I was quote unquote sickly. And primarily it was actually to do with, I mean, I was sick a lot of time, but it was firstly because I grew a lot, and secondly because I was genuinely sick. I lived in a cold environment. I probably through that period of time and in reflection didn't have access to adequate heating, adequate clothing, adequate, you know, variety of things. Plus yeah. I had to deal with a psychology of, you know, an adult woman who was going in all different directions, which meant that I was repeatedly tested for MS and a variety of other things. I wouldn't think of myself now in any way as being sickly. In fact, I do a series of things. To to maintain my health, exercising frequently, oh. you know, being conscious of a variety of factors, trying to force as much sleep into myself as I can try to get. But none of these things relate to the kind of psychology that you are talking about, because a lot of this stuff seems to be your perception associated with these things. It doesn't, it's not an existence that these people have, it's to do with your perception well, the associated story. with these things. Well, it's the story. Exactly. It's the story. Which I find quite interesting, because it's this notion that there are people who, well, firstly, it's about your own strength, your own perception of strength, and your own perception of your abilities with regards to these things.
0: Well, your story
1: about those exactly. things. yes, Yes. <laughs> but it's an interesting thing to focus on because i i have this conversation with a variety of people on a periodic basis that what you choose to focus on in these it, and a ver- it's amazing i mean the tapestry of humanity gives you an indication that there are people that focus on almost everything yeah yeah and i suspect everyone has a particular favorite point of focus but when you acknowledge that I do wonder if you can actually find It's It's like the transgender model railroaders. Once you find <laughs> that thing, is it a phylum? Is it something where, for whatever characteristics, these things exist together? Or is this just the nature of everyone's got to be a little bit crazy about something? Yeah.
0: I don't think it's an either or. I, I don't think it has to be Certainly. either it's or. dualist. dual. Not. Yes. Uh, I think probably both of those have some truth in it. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See again I, for the large picture. I always come back to the metamorphosis model because I just don't know of any other useful way to even think about the planet on that sc- on that scale. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it's a it's a caterpillar that's going through or some sort of organism like a maggot go- turning into a fly or whatever mm-hmm. uh, an organism that's had a particular way of being in the world for a long time that all dramatically changes into a new way of being in the world. And that that's what earth is doing right now. Hmm. So, um, and the only model I have for that is metamorphosis, which hmm. is actually a pretty good model. It suggests lots of ways of thinking about it. But it's it's just, you know, the best model that we've been able to come up with will probably do better, hmm. especially with computer modeling. That's where, that's where you come in. Yes. <laughs> Has it been raining up there? Oh, yes. Yes, it's been raining here for the past two days. It's funny, actually, because we are in a drought currently,
1: as you are. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah, And my recollection of actually living here through 99 through to 2001 was that it rained for periods of time almost continuously, and that certainly hasn't been our experience living here for the past two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it could be a transitional thing, but I also think the environment is genuinely changing as well.
0: Well, yeah. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) But yeah, it only makes sense to, to consider the possibility that we may have to alter our behavior (laughs) i don't think we will actually i mean my
1: my sense with regards to this is there's a small group of us that talk about that but the damn majority are just going to keep on driving their suvs no they're
0: not not when gas goes to ten dollars a pint (laughs) well you would you would say
1: that i think it's interesting actually because certainly you're right, the fuel prices do
0: change people's behaviors. Damn right it will. And when 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 lighting your house costs as much as it's going to cost, if we don't change our behavior, uh, you better believe people are going to start getting pissed off and things are going to change. Well, you see, it's interesting because I follow a variety... I mean,
1: I I periodically listen to our listener KMO's recordings. And my perspective is... Well, it's interesting actually because you've lived through, you've lived through gas crises in the U.S. I had a motorcycle
0: that I used to go get gas. Yeah. Uh, because you could pull right up to the pumps and there was always one right there that was free. Cars couldn't get in, but on a motorcycle, you can get in with a can of gas and (laughs) fill it up and get out. So I never had any problems during the gas lines.
1: And (laughs) yeah, this has been a phenomenon outside this country. The U.S. has been remarkably lucky. Artificially so actually. Yeah, we complain
0: about our gas. Yeah, we've got to Yeah got to, we're we should not be complaining.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well it's it's actually heavily you know, it's heavily subsidised, and yeah. there's a reserve here as well. Yeah, yeah, which you yeah. know they use periodically. It is a very curious thing when petroleum will run out, or when it will become.
0: Well, it's not going to run out. The price is just going to go up and up yeah. and up as it gets yeah. uh, scarcer and scarcer. That's well, what- the cost of living has also increased. The dollar
1: has decreased in value. There are a variety of things that have also worked in that direction as well. I mean, there are a series of yeah. factors here. It's not just the price of gas. No, it's, up, it's, if you look it's that at the- Earth is
0: undergoing metamorphosis. Yes. That's the whole point. it's This is the punctuation in, in the punctuated equilibrium theory. That's what we're living in right now. Mm. But what that indicates on the other side of this is equilibrium mm. again, that it was equilibrium for millions of years, and in the last 50,000 years there's been the... Uh, punctuation that we are currently involved in and that that will um, resolve itself into a new equilibrium. So, And I think that's going to happen within 50 years. When
1: the folks in the Conscious in the Cloud talk recorded this week discuss the notion that we feed the internet electricity so we can continue to use the internet, yeah, the internet is probably... Particularly associated with coal power and all the petroleum that's required for that. Yeah. It's going to be, that is going to be an interesting transition. We need to, as well. we need
0: to find, yeah, we need to find sources of power that are renewable. About
1: six years ago, I sought out an internet service provider or actually a web hosting company that was solar powered oh. and. The first thing I found was just that they were really crazy for a start. Like, they were (laughs) like... There's huh. no reason that you'd want to have a mailing list. You must be spamming people. I said, no, there are plenty of reasons I want a mailing list. I've got to develop a mailing list where I communicate with like 20 people. Yeah, uh, yeah, That's right. why I have a mailing list. Oh, no, we can't do that here. Um, well, okay. what about this thing? Oh, no, we can't do that here. Well, so obviously, I
0: s- those people are idiots. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, they were the only solar hosting providers uh, that you're were. You're
0: a little ahead of the curve, Tom. Yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. There's not much going on right now, but it's beginning. you know that's it's, you just you just gotta deal with what we have now and go with that yeah thankfully, the state of California allows
1: you to pump electricity back onto the grid and charge the yeah. power company money, yeah unfortunately, this wasn't available to me in Nevada otherwise I would have
0: Covered my home with solar panels. Yeah, yeah. Well it's coming. I I say I am optimistic. I think well, there are two sides to it. One is gaining better I mean, solar really looks like the answer to me, but mm-hmm. it, it's got a long way to go. And and then minimizing our power consumption. Mm-hmm. I mean probably ninety percent of our consumption is just pointless. Well, in this country, it certainly is. Yeah. I, think I mean, other in other parts been, of the world, yeah. no, you're right. But in, in America, you could just take 90% of our power and just dump it directly into the ocean, mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. So, so if we could start becoming efficient in lighting and heating and transportation and everything, we could cut the power requirements, you know, substantially. But, uh, you know, and then the other th- thing is to get solar working. Mm. Well, part of getting solar working,
1: and thankfully there are tax credits and things like this, is just bringing down the, well, the problem is that we still subsidize coal $4 billion a year in this country.
0: Yeah, it's not that it can't be done. It's just uh, the economic system as it is right now Mm. doesn't give it that value. Well, the but it will slash soon. Political system, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. unfortunately,
1: the two are. But see, I different. think
0: in the long run, it, the, nobody can win on this. I mean, solar must win. Yeah. I mean, because it, there really isn't any other solution. We are going to run out of all those other things, period. Yeah. You know, if we don't have something, and, I, you know, again, there are geothermal that some places can use, and mm-hmm. there are other things, but, and wind, which wind. is good for some places. Yeah. But, you know, some. And waves too. I mean, that's another thing. But again, the whole point is we need to become sufficient that way mm. because we still need oils for certain things, oils for lubrication. I mean, mm-hmm. for in rather than burning it for power, uh, it's a precious substance that can be quite useful. So yes. um, that's going to require some rethinking, I guess. But again, I think the price—the price may very well take care of it. Maybe one of the good few good things left of capitalism <laughs> is that. Uh, when the power companies start really jacking up the price of power, uh, that's going to change a lot of things. Well, the cost
1: of water in California, which is a metric that I've been tracking recently, mm. seems to also be moving in that direction. Yeah. And the interesting idea that yeah. water water shortage may actually come before
0: Yeah, well, that's another shortage. serious problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, water is more important than gas, that's for sure. Yeah. It is interesting because
1: when I go, and we talk about this periodically, when I go to hotels and I can't get the internet, it really reminds me of how critical it is in terms of information utility. But when I can't drink the water from the tap in the hotels, which does happen occasionally as well, it does strike me that there are slightly more fundamental things. But all all these
0: elements have the potential to go away. I don't see any reason in the world why we can't create paradise here. You know, really the only problem is those fucking language monkeys and we yes. need, to, we need to wake them up. Yes. A, a populated planet of conscious language monkeys who actually understood, you know, the difference between what they're experiencing and what they're talking about, what they're experiencing, hmm. uh, would be a very different planet than this one. I, I suspect they'd be able to actually work together and create paradise. Really? No shit. I think we could do that. Hmm. Especially, uh, yeah, with the internet and, and you know, with the, the possibilities for us to get together and combine our efforts and our thoughts and ideas somehow globally. Well, I, I don't know what this.
1: But you'll still have the kids that are photographed with the Pope that are going after the other kids.
0: Well, in the well, again, this this interim thing—that's the point—is—is is getting from here to there—is—is is got just a million problematical situations. Certainly. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, my sense is that somehow out of that, we will end up with a system where that is very rare, you know, and it's seen probably as some sort of medical condition or something. I mean, be one person in 10,000 or something, uh, exhibits that kind of behavior. A phenomena which I frequently opine on is
1: this notion in this country in particular that there is now so much legislation aimed at children (laughs) with regards to bullying and aggression and yet the country as a whole still invades other countries and <laughs> behaves very very, strangely. very much like a bully exactly no no this notion yeah. that the children should be responsible but yeah. the president should not
0: doesn't have to be right exactly well that's different see that's different you'll when you grow up you'll understand well i mean i'm told that
1: <laughs> periodically when I raise this with certain people, but I never really understand it in any kind of conceptual sense.
0: Yeah, it's it's um, well, what,
1: what is there to say about it? Yeah, you've left me with a niggling curiosity, Heron.
0: Uh oh, niggle- associated
1: with the the topics, firstly, which are sufficiently radical that we should be discussing, but we aren't. Mm. And I wonder if you can distill or point me towards. Mm. A thinker or a doer who I can study in some regard to get an understanding of the kinds of things that we should be talking about.
0: Um, try that again. I, I'm not not sure I really grasped well, you've you've made
1: a keen assertion through this discussion this evening, which has left me wondering what... And you said you'd take it away. You said you'd consider it. You'd say in some regard that you were already kind of slightly bored with the idea of even following it further. But that there are some elements in our discussion and true, I mean I on some level I guess if I reflected heavily I would find things that we, you know, don't talk about here that I'd like to talk about. But I'm interested in the scope or the dimension to the things that you would like to see discussed that we are not. Oh and discussing. I told
0: you I don't have any idea of of any specifics. It's more of just a sort of attitude at some okay, point. Okay, so can know. you find I mean yeah. is is it totally who who no no, 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 it has is, nothing it has to do with attitude. any of them, no it, okay. it has nothing to do with any of that it's just um when I first start interacting with people, I make some. Observations and mm-hmm. some distinction about, you know, is this a possible student who's actually mm-hmm. interested in pursuing this? Mm-hmm. Is this some guy who's just looking to blow off his, you know, intellectual stuff? You know, whatever. I, mm-hmm. I make some quick judgments. Mm-hmm. If if they're actually around for more than one or two conversations, then I get a little more uh, particular about mm-hmm. it, you know, and where they where they are and what their potential is in terms of my agenda, mm-hmm. right? you know. Um, so what I can say is that. When I get into an – actually, you're unique in my life in many ways. I can't think of anybody that I've had this kind of a relationship with over such a sustained period. <laughs> yes, we are the married couple that you hate, Taron. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm quite serious. This, this is um, a unique relationship in my life. Well, you have your friend John, John Jeffries, who you see periodically. Yeah, but, I mean, it's very different. That's a yeah. whole different thing. It has yeah. almost nothing to do with this. That's John. <laughs> you know, and yeah. This is you. So, so, um, but you've known
1: him for considerably longer than you've known Oh, me, yeah, I've known him, him for him almost and... my whole life. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. But like I say, that's a whole different thing. You yeah. know? but um, So the point is, at some point in my evaluation of you, I decided to just take you for what you are and not for what you could be.
1: Yeah, but you've also found benefits in our
0: interaction. Oh, absolutely. Those, you know, like digital publishing and oh, all sorts of things. No, all sorts of yeah. things. No, I'm just saying yeah. that that's what I'm saying, is that if I just leave the rest of the shit alone yeah. and just deal with whatever it is we're talking about, we might have some really productive conversations. Oh, I
1: think so. And, I mean, I've also come to an acknowledgement, and I'll say this explicitly, although it's probably been identified implicitly, through these recordings, that I've realized that Stone Ape is the collaboration that you and I will have. And although there are a wide variety of other incidentals that could instigate collaboration, my time and energy is already focused on a variety of things. Your time and energy is already focused on a variety of things. So the collaboration that is Stone Ape is going to be the Stone-Barbalay collaboration going forward. There's no documentaries. There's no books. There's no other things. <laughs> Cause all well,
0: who stuff. knows what'll happen? Listen, yeah. someone may come in and want to do it for us. Yeah. Well, you know, that's cool. Listen, I'm open to anything yes. really, anything, yeah. but uh, yeah. I promise nothing. No, I'm just, I yeah. just come here because uh, it's fun talking. Certainly. But I'm interested because we've covered
1: a lot of topics here. I mean we've missed a few but we've covered a lot of topics. If there are more topics, particularly topics that you think are going to potentially cause me to go in a monastic direction and cast oh, my yeah. you know i mean I'm, I'm fascinated by that as a kind yeah. of
0: intellectual yeah. thing because well m- yeah, see but again, that would not be available to a person who is well, let me think maybe it would be. See, that's, you know, that brings up a really interesting question about really what it means to be a a monk, you know, in, in Gendo. Yes, And I'm thinking, there's no re- there's nothing to prevent you from having a monogamous relationship with a woman, or mm-hmm. a man for that matter. Uh, you know, it, it, that's just a non-issue. The, let the me idea, put an idea of, out of there, monastic herring. life yeah. is the individual, yeah. is that it's you with the other monks. Yeah, that, that The monks are your family. So for the
1: past, let me put an idea out there. For the past 17 plus years, nearly 18 years, I've worked on this thing called Noble ape. When I was first married, my spiritual advisor realised that Noble Eight was actually, like, another entity that she lived with in addition to me. Yeah. That I spent a certain amount of time working on. It was more than a hobby. It was something that I was devoted to. Yeah. At a level which she understood on some level, but she thought gave no productive benefit to me, that it was almost a cancerous part of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And it took...
0: Well, that's an easy assumption to come to, Mm. you know?
1: And I think recently, very recently, particularly when she saw the Apple WWDC video from 2003, which is exactly the same time that she was going through this whole, why are you spending all your time working on this thing that doesn't do anything for you? or for anything else. She had missed that aspect. <laughs> How many, what, twelve years later? But you see the thing is that my my work on Noble Ape has actually had intelligible and distinguishable benefits that can be described on a series of levels. You're a
0: lucky man. Yeah. Congratulations. That's good. So,
1: you know, I, I think of it very much in terms of do you I, you feel the same way about gender,
0: right? On oh, I like feel, I I feel overall I think my life has been a contribution to earth. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think I've actually Already paid my debt maybe a little bit over, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I feel okay. I think I could be a lot better, a lot more effective than I have been. And uh, that's sort of what I'm dealing with over the next year or so. But we've talked periodically about particularly
1: how you can't understand how I can do, like, a more than full-time job, work on Noble Ape. Be married.
0: Talk to yeah. you. Do yeah. Row radio. Yeah. It's, I, I, just, uh, yeah. I, I just, I just, that, that's beyond my comprehension.
1: So it's interesting because I guess the the nature of our interaction, although truth be told, and my spiritual advisor has, has been very strongly against me referring to her through these recordings. In fact, really, I could have almost described myself in a monastic way. Aside from the fact that she does play a sizable part in my life she's there for a good period of the time i try out occasionally stonate topics on her before i discuss them with yeah. you so yes you are no. seeing a hybridized human here in some record,
0: yeah which may yeah, be the, the number know. of possible ways for human beings to live together productively yeah. is infinite yeah it's just that the, the the image we're sold in this culture is this fantasy bullshit thing mm-hmm. you know no the, the possibilities for people of well again it's not just for dualisms either it's for trios and quads and mm-hmm. groups a family may involve 20 people you mm-hmm. know uh, the possibilities are endless <laughs> you mm-hmm. know it's how people might find a productive way to to live together mm. you know? it's interesting i was listening to
1: an interview with a fellow who's a, a who's a rap artist he's been a rap artist for 20 years, and he's connected with the 5%, the Nation of Islam folk, the um, Elijah Muhammad. He was talking about gays in the kind of obsessive religious hysteria that you typically get on the religious right. And I realised that actually a good portion of his life is fixated on gay people. <laughs> he created a song called um, Punk Step Up to Get Beat Down, which is actually one of his greatest hits. This was one of the things that he contributed to. And of course, violently <laughs> homophobic. And I realised that... This is actually really, like, a psychological burden to him, that this whole notion of analysing and working out how the gays are like, you know, Hitler forming, you know, Nazi regimes and (laughs) all this kind of stuff is so, and to me, it's just like, he invests a lot
0: of energy in this shit, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. And I guess... Well, he's probably making a bunch of money on it, too. Well, maybe. But I guess that's
1: my view with regards to your view associated with married life, is that you invest
0: time in this thing. Well, see, I'm just rebelling against the common notion of marriage that I see. When I used to go to Starbucks all the time, I'd Mm. see these young people in love, Mm. you know, and it just sickened me to, to see how fucking unconscious and stupid they are. You know, it... But again, like observing the people who get sick, your observation is a
1: is a projection of yourself. You didn't go and talk to them.
0: No, you didn't I didn't. You're right. Time you're interacting right. Interacting with them well, about their political uh, philosophy. No, you, no, you're absolutely right. I didn't. So I maybe you completely just projected wrong. an image I, that you had of these people, which is fixation make- on you. Which may, in fact, be wrong. I I grant you that. I think I've trained my observational skills pretty good over the years. But I put to you that you are analogous
1: to this rapper who still invests time and emotion and energy in this thing that either he has some fixation in or, you know, the the nature of homophobia as a psychological thing is really quite interesting i guess i guess i feel this way yeah with regards to a lot of these framings that people can devote a lot of their intellectual energy to
0: stuff which has really got nothing to yeah do with I, it. yeah i don't understand yeah well most of those things yeah, yeah. homophobia yeah. well yeah. yeah well but you know i have a sort of natural aversion to christians and moslems mm. when yet, i see
1: yeah there's, there's a silent undertone which i've noted where you are slightly more sympathetic to Catholics than really? other forms of Christians. Yes.
0: Oh, I, I'm, that could be in a number yeah. of ways. Yeah, I, I'll own that. But, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're all a bunch of Christians. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yes. that's right. I guess I have, I do have some peculiar affectionate yeah. uh, response still to Catholicism. That's yeah. interesting. I mean, you I'm find it you
1: difficult for, that out. to allow me to talk smack about the Pope. We've you moved past really? the Pope smack talk on a couple of occasions really, because you said, well, just, I don't want to talk about this.
0: Oh, it just seems like such an easy, I mean, it seems like such an easy target. It's just sort of. Silly to pursue. Like the
1: Queen, for example. She's yeah, an easy target. Are, yeah,
0: right. There's a whole lot of easy targets. It's not that she's
1: an organized criminal that extorts money out of the people of England. It's that she's an easy target.
0: Um, I think it was, it's useful to address the issues. Yes. <laughs> I'm just talking about marketing, maybe.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess, I guess your fixation is so, it's interesting, actually, because I was thinking about this. My fixation. Week. Your fixation associated with The archetypal language monkey is married. Or oh, I never said that. that. No, I certainly never said that.
0: Well, you before. said that you've had concerns associated with ma- – you, you've got gone that no, far. No, I'm just saying I, I've been doing this since 2006. I've talked to a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. All I'm saying is that uh, the married people that I've talked to, generally speaking, the conversations and the results in, that have been tabulated in my unconscious somewhere mm. is that uh, they were m- much less productive than uh, people who were single and had no – commitments to anything. Do I work against that though? Read the narrative of Modern Oh World yeah, radio, these are just statistics. Yeah, listen, these are just statistics. It it has nothing to do with you. Well, except it does because you've already (coughs)
1: asserted that it does repeatedly in this conversation. You've already said, the fact that I'm married means that you treat me with the suspect eye because of these things. And there are topics which you haven't been able to highlight or delve into in any way that you cannot talk to me about because it may, as your assertion goes, cause me to leave my (laughs) spiritual advisor. (laughs) Which I'm very, very curious, Heron, because none of this has any degree of like translation to anything but then again i could just be a language monkey who's been lying to you for the past four years which was also another assertion that's been made this evening so i don't know how this fits together heron but there's a lot of stuff here that i personally because it's got not a lot to do with The stuff that I experience can really decompress here. But I would like to put back to you, if you can delve into this in any way, shape, or form, I would be fascinated to hear more about it. It doesn't have to be this evening, but if you can take this away as a thing, I'm really interested in hearing it. I'm still trying to
0: figure out exactly, it seems that you're... Apparently upset about something that I have said. I'm not upset per se. I just think it's very
1: curious after uh, we've been to talking specifically about.
0: Specifically, what is the issue then? The, well, you've raised
1: you've raised something which is unspeakable, which is undefinable. Which for you, is very curious because most things are speakable and definable. That relates to our interaction over the past how many years yeah. where you felt on some ah, level ah. that because okay, I'm and, married. And,
0: but now you're asking me to justify that? No, I'm asking you, what are the topics? I've put all that aside. Oh, and I told you already, I have no idea what they are. I'm just saying that at somewhere along the line, I put you into a category, mm-hmm. okay, just for simple purposes of things. Can you describe archetypes in this category? People who are married. <laughs> who you've observed
1: at a Starbucks feeling where you felt that they are disgusting? no, no. no language okay, no, my, fraud. my, no,
0: this all has to do with, of course, my years of observation, taking notes and shit, you know? Yeah, I, but when you, when you address these issues, firstly,
1: that they're unproductive, if you think I'm unproductive, I'd love to see what you think are productive. I did. When you, you huh? said that. When huh? you make claims associated, you see, I think it's curious to me that there are, yeah, I, there are so many parts to this that's been raised this evening, Heron. Although I'm sure you probably won't. I would be interested if you listen to this audio again and kind of, from your perspective at least, thought deeply associated with... Okay, there is another archetype that you've described here. This is the archetype of the single 20-something man who you've spoken to, who you felt you have been able or to to. Or 15-year-old. Or 15-year-old. Yes. 15-20-year-old man. Even better. Who yeah. you have been able to talk to, and there have been topics that again, you've been able to And again, this is
0: statistical. I can tell you, there have been 70-year-olds that I've talked to okay. that have been amazing. Yet you can't describe
1: the topics or the ideas... That's Right. Or the things associated. With it.
0: Yes, I can't because <laughs> like that's a sort of separate issue. You know, it's it's like um, it, I'm just amazed that you're making such a big deal out of it this. It just strikes part- me as really curious, Heron. I mean, yeah, it doesn't I know, make any but I I, I don't understand what is what it is that's curious. What doesn't make sense? Because of the people I talk to, you tend to have a very good grasp
1: of topics or ideas or elements. That you, you know, can engage with, associate with people. This is what you've been doing for the past eight, seven, eight years through your general gender discussion. Maybe not the past two years formally. Yeah. And through that, you've described that you can have interactions with a group of people. Although you can't describe what those interactions are. Yeah. That you can't
0: have in this format. And maybe it's to do with the no, fact I'm not that saying again it's statistical. It's not of drawing a line, you know, these people I can, these people I can't. It's just an abstract statistical uh note. It's all it is. Mm. It's just one factor among a million to be considered when deciding whether to continue engaging somebody. Mm. I guess I can't, I mean, you've obviously
1: clearly, and here, your assertion either way can be referenced, but I don't think I come to this interaction to be a student of yours. I think I come to this interaction and I really, am inspired by a number of things that you've talked about, particularly aspects of your interactions through the 70s and 80s. And I was talking to this, actually, I'm talking to Reese about this, the the notion that People came through these salons and these est and these things that you talk about, and they were able to, in a relatively short amount of time, have kind of a life-changing awakening in various directions, I think is something that I've looked to and been inspired by, and certainly used in my own thinking. Like, well, if there's elements that I want to do. So, for example, a meetup thing, which, haven't, which yeah. has been pretty successful. But, yeah, I don't... I mean, I think the thing the thing that strikes me about gendo as a concept is that the basics are relatively easy to comprehend. The notion of removing yourself from the story, I think is probably considerably more difficult, but it's more about selflessness fundamentally. No,
0: no, that's removing yourself from the story is like I I don't know where you came up from with those words, but that's certainly wouldn't have come out of my mouth as to what we're doing at Gendo. Well, identifying the story and then identifying your, well, identifying I would say breaking the identification except,
1: with the story. Well, if that isn't removing yourself from the story.
0: Well, no, it, it's not. That's a different set of words and it could be interpreted several ways. Well, but, but in any case, yeah, breaking the identification with the story. Okay. Ah, see, that's an interesting point about, you know, a lot of times people want to reword something in their own words to, to test whether they really understand it. And sometimes there are, in English, really the only accurate way to say it. And and, and to reword it, it is to change the meaning. And And I'm not suggesting that what I'm meaning couldn't be worded better. I mean, maybe it can be. But uh, I think there are a lot of this is why I save quotes is because sometimes I find sentences that are so clear, so well stated that uh they can't be denied mm. and uh, but that's rare mm. and I'm not claiming that for this but i'm i'm you know I'm close to that though it's interesting actually because your saving of quotes is
1: an interesting phenomenon i mean you post. Anywhere from five to ten quotes a day, don't you
0: typically? No, no, not anymore. Well, I I, I do sometimes. Do for, well, I do I do for a couple of days, and then I don't yeah. post any for a month. And, well, and no, it's I, never that. I mean, you don't. Po- you might not
1: post one for a day or two, but you do go through. Well, some I, put where you, I put stuff. I put
0: stuff up, but I don't do a lot of quotes. Well, I do. I do some. Yeah, I mean, that's all attributed quotes. I mean, Not I'd, all. No, I put up links to tube Well, to, to YouTube yeah, but when, you put up, when you put up quotes, they And I put up quotes, quotes uh, yes. of my own from my own collection. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah. But I haven't been doing that much lately. Like I say, that's, that's actually... Maybe it's all I see of your feed. Maybe maybe Facebook <coughs> is
1: optimized for me uh-huh. only receiving your
0: quotes. Oh, that, 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 then that must be it, because I, I don't think I've posted one for a while. I yeah, thought three maybe through the week in rapid and, uh, succession. That's interesting. Anyway. Should, we should follow up on this. Yeah. No, I, I haven't posted anything in the last week that I can think of. I mean I've posted a lot of things but none of from my quotes the way I under the normal format. Well, I think what sometimes you post paragraphs if they Well, th- uh, lately I've posted some things from that book Computer Theology Certainly. some paragraphs from that. So yeah. that may be what you're picking up on. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Yeah. But those are, those aren't the quotes that I've collected, you know, over the years as being special you know, those are just because I'm reading the book and those ideas interest me, so.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess if I can summarize my emotion, for want of a better term, associated with the discussion this evening, it is that, yeah, I, I, it's, it's one of these strange things where when people assert that there are certain things that exist that stop, Mm-hmm. A degree of interaction.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always find a, it very, very curious. Yeah, it's an impossible situation. It's a classic double bind. Man. Well, it's it's also something that it,
1: it seems so beyond basically the nature yeah. of our interaction. Yeah, to really start. Well, that's me. why, like, as I say, that's,
0: and that's the point. Is I think actually you've just misinterpreted what I said. Uh, that you've you've taken the words that i've used and interpreted them in a different way than i do <laughs> well y- yeah I mean this is what you were asserting,
1: and i don't have any reason to doubt you but yeah i mean
0: i i'm I'm not quarrelling with your analysis. i mean I can see how someone who feels like you might think those words imply could say things like that i i just yeah i can't imagine and you can't Give me topics
1: that we couldn't discuss, but you—oh no,
0: I, I, because I can't think of any. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. It, it, it's just—and and that's why it's really a non-issue. Because yeah. uh, when we talk, we just talk. You know, all I'm saying is that somewhere in my mind, you know, one of these switches got flipped or something. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's always that. It just means that somewhere. I've come to this thing about married people. It's just just an idea that's among billions of other ideas floating around my head, I mean, and that's one of them. Yeah, and it's there, and right. I was I'm just acknowledging that. That's all. So, would you use the
1: term bigotry to describe your? Uh, clearly, you probably wouldn't use. Well, the term well
0: no. How would you define bigotry?
1: Well, bigotry here is a perceived negative identification associated with a particular group.
0: Well, how about, like, language monkeys, you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) to a certain extent. Except language monkeys, this is the
1: problem, is that when people hear language monkeys, to start out, and this could be your meaning as well at various times, (laughs) they do perceive it to be something which is negative and hostile. Yeah, of
0: course, it's definitely derogatory, and they take it personally, yeah.
1: Yes. The notion of the language (laughs) monkey in the entirety of these recordings
0: well, yeah, it's a little more refined than just, yes. that. yeah, but but still, um I mean, we, we can't live without stereotypes, without classification. Oh, I just dis- look—I I really the- fundamentally yeah. disagree with that, Heron. I was, t- oh, I mean- but you can't have language without that.
1: No, you can. the The, the distinction here is that. The perception of negativity associated with so certain
0: groups, certain identifying. Oh wait a minute. Factors. Negativity, I'm not talking about negativity. Whether you make it good or bad is irrelevant. The metaphor is is about identifying a group by certain characteristics. Not whether they're good or bad. Just being able to identify a group by its characteristics. In the term bigotry or just in general? Well, I'm I'm just trying to figure out what we're talking about because I don't think you know, whether you whether you pick out some group to uh punish them or you pick out some group and give them the, the keys to the kingdom, uh, the same thing, you know, it's this idea. Well,
1: I, I wouldn't quarrel with that, but typically if you're giving the keys to the kingdom to some group, there's some other group, which maybe is the remaining. <laughs> right. Well, there may be other yes. things at play. Certainly. Yes,
0: Certainly. but all I'm just saying is that, this, you know, really, language monkeys get what the fuck they deserve, in a sense. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, until they wake up, mm. uh, they're going to get screwed.
1: Mm. Well, they may get screwed even after they wake up.
0: Uh, not for long. They'll be dead or they'll be changing the system. Yeah. Well, can they live under the system? Well, no, the system is collapsing. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, I don't think there's any question, to, well, to me anyway, that the world is, again, This gets these big pictures get back to the planet, metamorphosis, punctuated equilibrium. Uh, we're seeing the end of an, of an ancient age of civilization on this planet in the beginning of a new era of planetary history. All the old ways are crumbling. New ways are coming into creation. It's up to us to build it. Aaron, I think we should conclude this evening. And I think
1: we will record next week. Maybe we will both be in better health. Maybe we won't. And no doubt we will have a series of new topics to explore and discuss. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Definitely. You have a good night, Aaron. Take care.